That was Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas right here on the 100th episode of The Xander Effect. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Xander Dames, and I am so very, very happy and proud to be presenting you. Well, we are so very proud because I have my two wonderful co-hosts right here, Mr. Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, how you doing? Uh, Doing amazingly well. I never thought I would miss talking to you, but uh, I apparently did. (laughs) Very nice. And of course, we have the lovely Miss Lonnie Rivera. Lonnie, welcome back. Thank you so much for being here again with us. Thanks for having me, fellas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. And guys, it's the 100th episode. I'm so very, very proud. I can't believe I made it this far, to be honest with you. I mean, it's crazy because the idea that I came up with when I when I when I decided to create the Xander effect was something very simple. You know, it had to do with just entertainment, sports and video games. And it just organically grew into something more than that. Um, I mean, we're going to be doing, uh, you know, we have a lot of stuff wonderful stuff planned for you guys today we have uh of course we have our top 10 uh countdown to the top 10 most listened to episodes of the xander effect and uh jeremy you you came in your your interview actually came in at number three not bad i'll take that not bad right not bad actually you know the number two one was actually my very the episode one the very first episode that i did i actually came in at number two to be to you know be it was crazy because i mean i saw it i was like why (laughs) like there was no music there was no background music there was nothing i get i get it i get it you big i small i get it yeah but that's beside the point um (laughs) no actually you know it's funny because we actually came tied we were neck and neck for that position (laughs) but since my my episode came out first i just uh, you know went into number two because my episode came out before yours so hey hey hey, who was on the selection committee (laughs) (laughs) we won't talk about that we're not going to talk about that but anyways but yeah just so proud to to be um to be a part of uh, a wonderful uh you know uh group of people here you know we have my wonderful co-host our our wonderful executive producer mr uh quest cross you know major shout out to quest uh mm-hmm. for definitely believing in this show uh he's been he's been an incredible uh person to to have us back to be backing this show uh good friend of mine and uh he's you know he's just been he's just been you know fighting tooth and nail to make this show what it is he brought us as well a lot of uh, great artists that we interviewed um not to mention the fact of the matter that we he also brought us a wonderful promo team by by Soul House. Soul House has been a great promo team. I mean, I'm sure you guys have seen some of the videos that we post on social media. All those videos are about, are are because of Soul House. They're the ones that have created such a beautiful uh, such a beautiful uh, graphic, such beautiful graphics, beautiful videos. You know, to go ahead and really capture the audience the way it's done. And I I couldn't be more happier with the team that I have behind me. You know, uh, and of course none of this is possible without all of you listeners out there all of the fans that have been listening in on uh, the Xander effect you know hearing my craziness before before these two people came here and made the show even crazier you know like you guys were listening to just me by myself talking like I'm a crazy man you know talking to myself and everything you know but that's that's normal for me anyway um, but it's just been it's just been a wild ride and I'm very very you know blessed to to be doing this show and and also 
wanted to give a shout out to to Carla from uh, Wise Owl Wise Owl Media. Uh, she was actually the person that uh, that pushed me to do this show. Uh, Carla Escobar. She pushed me to do the show, and she was like, she was. I mean, she's like Xander. You you have a degree in journalism. You have a degree in mass communications. Use it. <laughs> you know? She's like, use it for something. You know, if you can't get if you can't get work, if if the the job market is too competitive and you can't get anywhere, start something all your your own and make it your own. You know, make yourself brand yourself, get yourself out there. And uh, because of those words, I was like, you know what? You got a point. You have you mm-hmm. got a really good point. So you know what? I'm going to go ahead and do it. So, and it's funny because it started as a visual. It started as a visual show. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was all videos. It's all, you could catch all the episodes on YouTube. Just, you know, just uh, mm-hmm. go on the search and search for the Xander effect. And you'll find all the episodes um, that I did uh, on video. Actually, one of the, the first in the, 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 the uh, first report that we did actually, Jeremy, the, the, the football report that we did, because you came in as a football correspondent as first at first and uh the first ep- the first episode of you being a football correspondent is on there is on youtube uh oh, wow. yeah yeah i mean we have uh, there's a lot of episodes on there that uh that are really well i mean one of them included actually that uh that didn't make the audio top 10 but as far as video concerned she, that was the the one that that was the most watched on YouTube was the very first interview with Amanda Holly and myself at Urban Press Winery, where uh, we sat down and uh, we were at a wine cellar and I did the interview with Amanda. Uh, so that one got so many views and that was the most viewed uh, episode on YouTube. So, you know, I mean, just because she didn't make the top 10 for the audio, she definitely uh, is number one as far as the video, the video goes. So, and I mean, why shouldn't she be? She's freaking gorgeous so you know i know nobody was watching it because of me so because of my you know ugly mug so i mean it's you know again it's been such a wonderful wonderful trip uh you know through all this and it's also our final uh episode for 2020 guys this is this is the this is the the winter season finale of the xander effect until next year i mean you guys excited for 2021 already uh yeah i'm like so ready for 2021 like yeah Lonnie's going impersonation totally. by the way i miss la i can't wait to come back and get my valley girl accent back on <laughs> it's <laughs> snowing over there i saw that you guys are being farted <laughs> i'm just like but you know what it's so beautiful though it uh, you know what happened just a couple minutes ago you guys i gotta give you this just to visualize it I'm sitting second floor in my mom's apartment. We were in Philadelphia. Now we're back in Pittsburgh. And I was just looking over the neighbor's lawn across the street. There, are, There's about a foot of snow and all the trees are just covered with snow, like on the, on the branches. So I'm talking to my cousin on the phone. I glance out at the window. I kid you not, five deer. All of them kind of like walking in coordination and formation as if like they were attached to a sleigh. Uh, frolic over the fence and run up the hill. And I'm like, freaking Santa, Rudolph and (laughs) Donner. (laughs) It was like they all, it was such a beautiful sight. So, just reminds me me of Homer Simpson going, don't! (laughs) 
a deer, a female deer. <laughs> That's what comes to mind when you say right. that. That's really cool, though. I mean, you got to love this season, this holiday season. I mean, after everything that all of us have been through in 2020, the entire world has gone through so much in 2020. It's good to see that, you know, people are trying to at least get that Christmas spirit out there and try or that holiday spirit, I should say, you know, to be politically correct, uh, that right. holiday spirit out there that that many people really desperately need right now, especially with with the the the, the way things are going. I mean, it's it's been a rough year and right. it's it's uh, it's good to close out the year on a positive with holiday spirit, holiday cheer, you know, many people celebrating. It's good to go ahead and close it that way because that's that's just the way it should be. I mean, Jeremy, have you put up any Christmas decorations yet? Christmas decorations. We just got our uh, our little tree out. Uh, we've been going plastic for a little while now. So have I. Don't feel bad. I, you know, it is what it is. But uh, no, we got that out and don't really do much with lights and all the big stuff anymore. Uh, once the kids kind of grew up and got out of the house, uh, it kind of lost a little bit of its luster. Yeah, it does. Well, you know, it's it's crazy. I mean, my dad, I I put up my Christmas tree uh, earlier this week, and uh, for some reason, my dad is looking at. He's like, I don't know why, but it just seems like you're really doing putting more of an effort this year than past years. You know, is it is it because you're you're starting to uh, you're starting to adapt to you know your mom not being around? And I said to him, I was like, you know what? It's yeah. I mean, it's it's always you know, sad to have a loved one not be here for the holidays, obviously. But at the same time, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where I told him, I was like, not so, it's not because of that. I, I personally don't feel that like I've done anything special, not anything bigger really, but it's one of those things where I'm like, you know what? It's just been a rough year for all of us. Why not go ahead and just put a little bit of cheer, you know, for a little bit. I mean, it's not going to hurt anybody. I mean, you know, so right. go ahead and at least put a little cheer out there before the year is out. That's well, that's well, something that I wouldn't mind doing. Let me throw something in on that. It seems, and the numbers are backing you up on this, um, the financial numbers so far for Christmas, although a lot of industries are being hit very hard, decorations and Christmas trees are being bought at record levels. Yeah. And A, you have more people staying home for the holidays, so more people are decorating. But B, I really believe it's what you were saying. People have had a hard year. People need some comfort. People need something that makes them feel good and gives them some hope and maybe even makes them feel a little bit like a kid again, you know? Right. Well, and, and that's what we all need. That's what we all need right now is just because we can't be with each other doesn't mean we have to be alone. That's, yes. that's just, that's just the way I feel. And I mean, yes. I'm very blessed that I have, even though, even though we don't, we, we get on each other's yeah. nerves a lot. I at least have my dad with me. And the thing is that he's, he's, he's again, gets on my last nerves, but he's with me. I mean, Lana, you have your mom, Jeremy, you have your, 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 your fiance. And I'm like, again, we're like, I, I was just telling my dad yesterday this too, that we're, I'm very, I'm very blessed. May, I mean, it could be a lot worse. I mean, there's a lot of people yeah. a lot worse off right now. They don't have yeah. a lot of people don't have homes. They don't know what to get their kids for Christmas. It's been a tough mm-hmm. year, you know. I mean, financially mm-hmm. for many people, uh, there've been many losses, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just something that. I mean, at the very least, this holiday season can at least bring some sort of cheer. 
yeah. uh, to many people. And that's that's what's important. That's that's what we need to really focus on is the fact of the matter that, you know, we need to look at what we have rather than what we've lost and yeah. be very thankful for what we have. So that's that's my two cents worth as far as that's concerned. But uh, going back to uh, the 100th episode, we got again, we have a lot of awesome uh, things uh, coming in. We have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, former uh, uh, people that I've uh, that I've interviewed, actually, that have been uh sending in uh, congratulations we're going to be playing some of those audios for you guys too uh we have uh, a lot of stuff in entertainment news including uh gonna talk a little bit a bit about that mandalorian season finale oh my god and to be honest it was a tearjerker but it also left a lot of questions too that I need that that are need to be answered. It's crazy. Uh, and uh, in sports, Canelo Alvarez is very pissed off at uh, Jake and uh, Jake and Logan Paul because it seems like they're disrespecting uh, the sport of boxing. And I gotta agree with them on that one. In video game news, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Cyberpunk 2077 being pulled from uh, all PlayStation stores uh, due to uh, some technical issues that they're having right now. Plus, I'll also go ahead and give you guys a little bit of a review uh, of, uh, of Cyberpunk 2077. But first, we start our top 10 countdown with the first three uh coming up next right now on the xander effect this uh, episode that uh that i'm about to go ahead and play right now is the episode episode 77 that featured an interview with the hosts uh two of the hosts actually of real talk real women live and the men who served them uh mr uh bruno campos and uh miss davi davenport uh they they talked a lot about their struggles and the things they went through very beautiful interviews so go ahead and check that out T-minus five and counting. Five, four, three. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Xander Effect Podcast. (laughs) The Xander Effect Top 10 Podcast of this year. You know, we were out on the streets, but no one was really being nice to each other. Nobody was really paying attention to each other. And then now we're forced to be in our homes. People are always complaining that they're bored. They got nothing to do. And they miss social contact. They miss, you know, I miss social contact. I miss shaking people's hands. I miss giving a hug, you know. Right, I miss... I miss hugging my sister. My sister won't even, she'll give me the elbow. And I'm like, you know. It's the simplest. And I'm like, yeah, the, the, the littlest things that we always took for granted, they're gone. And I'm hoping that once, once this COVID things end, you know, we learn to take care of the planet and we learn to take care of each other. Yeah. That's what I, that's yeah. what I want. Like I want my, cause I, I want, I don't want my daughter to be a product of COVID. I don't want her to yeah. grow up thinking this is the norm, that it's normal to wear a mask and be trapped inside your house and not to touch anything and not to touch anybody. I don't want that for her. I want yeah, her to be able to go outside and be able to communicate with everybody without being worried about, oh, don't talk to her or don't touch her. Don't mm-hmm. like, I don't, that's the, that's what I want. 
You know, I, I, I love that, Bruno. And I, wanna, I wanted to ask you that on Xander's amazing show because I know how you feel about that. And that's another level of connectivity that you and I have. Like what I'd like to see happen and Bruno and I talk so much because again, for all your amazing listeners and thanks so much for tuning into the Xander Effect, guys. I know that Xander appreciates you. I know I do. I know Bruno does. Real Talk, Real Women Live and the men who serve them. Make sure for anyone that's tuning in right now that you check us out. Go to Instagram, Real Talk, Real Women Live. Please check us out on Facebook, Real Talk, Real Women Live. And then also we're on every single Sunday on Facebook Live at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 7. Oh, I'm sorry. You're getting a little out of me here. I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, wait but, but at any rate, just check us out. But what I thought about with the pandemic and what I wanted to see happen was very similar to what Bruno said. And that's that we go back to loving one another, that we yeah. go back to caring for one another that you know you think about you don't just step over the man that's outside and not check to see if you know if you've got a bottle of water in your car and extra stop and give it to somebody that might not have had any water in days a mm-hmm. lot of in california the homeless community is so large out there oh. check check on your family members we know we have postal yeah. service issues right now a lot of the elderly people are not getting their medicine mm-hmm. they're not getting their social security checks a lot of them don't have direct deposit we've got to step outside of ourselves the only way in my opinion only that we're going to get through through this is that we've got to go back to just loving one another basics one-on-one love let's go back to mm-hmm. loving one another let's check on one another i too miss hug my my son's visiting and he's like can i stay with you i was like i'll get you a hotel room <laughs> <laughs> mama love you but mama wow. can't take no chances wow, wow. Like, it's true I mean, though I was, yeah i was like i just you know because he's been traveling he's either, that, either that or either that or tell him you know what uh, i'll get you a hotel room for about 14 days or so stay quarantined for a little bit yeah like no why, why do you need to come now, dude. No. Show, show number number nine. I have uh, one of the founders of World of Dance, David Gonzalez, here. How you doing, David? I'm doing great. How are you? Staying quarantined like the rest of the world. <laughs> I hear you. So um, basically, like you, you are one of the founders of a huge, huge uh, show that is executive produced by Jennifer Lopez. Uh, before we get into that, how did you get started in this? I mean, were you always into uh, entertainment, dancing, things like that? Yeah, no, I've been involved in live entertainment for 20 plus years. Um, so I'm not foreign to the event business and concert business and um, now, I guess, television business. Nice. So were you, were you a dancer yourself? No, never, never really been on the dancing side. I'm more on the biz development side of, of creating the brands. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I used to actually do large car shows. At one point we were doing something called hot import nights. Oh, I remember hot import nights. Yeah. So that was a show that was, uh, traveling around the nation. And to be honest with you, the whole inspiration for world of dance came from hot import nights. Really? Um, primarily it's the same kind of concept. You know, you have car crews, you have car guys, they, they artistically display their cars and you know, people pay a, a registration fee and then they, they display what their craft. And it's really the same model as, as a dance competition. Wow. That is so amazing that it came from that. Like you, and you, you just, you just one day started seeing, you know, uh, you know, uh, a good combination of dancing and crews and things like that. And you just came up with world of dance from there. Yeah, I think that um, one of the things I had learned in, in uh, making sure when you're going to launch a, a brand, you, you want to make sure that the brand sounds larger than life from day one. So there was a lot of people that were talking to me about 
trying to, you know, do something in dance. And I had actually gone to multiple dance competitions, different kinds of events, different scenes. And what I noticed is every community was sort of uh, a community of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one was sort of bridging it together as one community. And that's really where the idea of world of dance came from. It's let's take these smaller dance niches like break dancing or urban choreography or, you know, crumping, whatever they may have been at the time. Mm-hmm. Let's take these small, you know, dance uh, scenes, if you will, and let's put them under one banner, the, the world of dance. Ah! Show, show number, show, number show, eight. eight. On the Xander effect, I have a BT, B Taylor, and man, dude, this this gentleman right here has done music with Flo Rider, Doe Brown. He is considered the Stevie Wonder of hip hop. What do you think of that? How you doing today, B Taylor? Man, I'm good. How you doing, man? Thanks it's, for having me. Man. Thanks for having me. Man, thank you for being on the show, man. And let me, so, okay, so first off, let me go ahead and say thank you very much. This gentleman, ladies and gentlemen, is a veteran, is a U.S. Navy veteran. Thank you so much for your service that you did for our country, man. Let me start off with that. Thank you, bro. Appreciate Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. You know, it's a lot of great men and women that a sacrifice since the beginning, you know, for our freedom. So I appreciate you uh, thanking us. Thank you. Appreciate no doubt. No doubt. And in saying that, how in the world did you go from serving in the United States Navy to hip hop, to getting into hip hop, to get in the music industry? I mean, like you know how to play four different instruments, the piano, drums, guitar, and organ, which I'm going to ask about that one in a second, uh, because that's a very, that's a very unique instrument to know how to play. Um, but how did you get into the music industry from the Navy? Man, well, you know, like I always grew up, you know, in church playing, um, playing instruments. I'm, I'm a son of a preacher. My dad was the preacher. Um, my mom was always in over the youth and I had grandparents, you know, that were, my grandfather was a pastor. So we've been musically inclined and I grew up young, just playing instruments in the church. And so when I, when I left, uh, I played college football at the University of Missouri and decided to transfer and was trying to go through school and went to go get ROTC and got active duty for the Navy. Um, I was just in the Navy, man, you know, it was kind of a different, unique situation. So. I kind of just, you know, followed my pops and told me, hey, it's going to all work out. So when I joined, I was in boot camp over, you know, a hundred and some different guys from different backgrounds. They put me over the, the recruit division and it was tough because for the first time, you know, I was always a leader type um, and played sports, but this was different because you had guys from like really, really tough backgrounds and, you know, tough, different, you know. Hey, everyone. This is Bruno Campos. And I'm inviting all of you to listen to my friend's podcast, The Xander Effect, as they celebrate their 100th episode. It's something you don't want to miss. It's a great podcast. I never miss it. Hey, guys, this is Ian Guerin. I want to congratulate my dear friends, Sandra Dames, Lonnie Rivera, and Jeremy Miller on 100 incredible episodes of The Xander Effect. Your show is fun, it's informative, and it's entertaining. And in my eyes, it's completely redefined the way podcasts are made and heard. Guys, I'm completely under the spell of the Xander effect. So here's to the first 100 episodes of a show that I know will reach the highest of highs. 
Hello, this is Beto from the band Lifeline and calling on behalf of Tibbs, Pato, Gustavo, Ronnie King, and the whole Lifeline camp. We just want to say congratulations to Xander and the Xander Effect. Amazing job you guys have been doing. Congratulations on your 100th episode. We are very happy and blessed that you've allowed Lifeline to come on and also showcase our music. We are dropping our fourth studio album in 2021. And of course, we'll be bringing those brand new tracks for first time listening and debut on the Xander Effect. So again, congratulations to you and all your co-hosts. We look forward to working with you in the future. Go Lifeline and go Xander Effect, baby. Late.
up? It's Amanda Holly, and we're celebrating the 100th episode of the Zander Effect. Lots of love. Season to come, it's a season of fun, it's a season of cheese, with a smile on the face of every girl and every boy. Jack Frost over there, me is over here, with the pink fire truck reaching high up in the air. And there goes Rudolph with a whole bunch of elves, the parade jumping off with the flip of a baton. Did you see the way the float just floated away? And did you see the way the train conductor just was bouncing away? Smiles on the faces of those wishing us such a wonderful day. Mickey Mouse float, Ninja Turtles dressed up. Cold temperatures outside, make sure you bundle up Sesame Street walking along And Batman saluting at you looking so strong Strong, strong, strong Snow on the ground and there's frost in the air Hot chocolate in the cup, reindeer antlers in the hair Jingle bells on the radio, smiles on the strangers Kids looking for Santa, baby Jesus in a manger Snow on the ground and there's lights on the tree Hot chocolate in the cup, feeling happy as can be Here comes Santa Claus down Santa Claus Lane So make sure there's no cookies and carrots left out on the plate. M-E-R-R-Y-C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S Merry Christmas. So much joy and love this season. Man, I wish y'all the best Christmas. M-E-R-R-Y-C-H-R-I-S-T-M-A-S Merry Christmas. So much joy and love this season. Man, I wish y'all the best Christmas. Look, look quick, look quick. There's Mario. Luigi Bowser and the princess, yo. Not to mention the beautiful dresses on them Disney princesses And I'm feeling the temperature, it's feeling really cold, really cold. Good thing I got my gloves and hat, yo But I still got a cold nose like Rudolph, bright red bright, bright, Wait, bright, there goes a hot rod, the flames rising high I feel the warmth, oh my god, god I'm thinking god, that I'm digging god. this Christmas spirit thing I'm thinking that I even got a Christmas carol to sing A couple of holiday cards needing to be sent out Not to mention, a couple of t-shirts needed to be printed out The kids grinning now as we count down the days Christmas time, we can hear the music play it's Christmas time, so spread love and cheer today. Christmas time, presents, snow and jingle bells. And it's Christmas time, from my family to yours. Be safe and be well. Be well. Snow well. on the ground and there's frost in the air. Hot chocolate in the cup, bring your antlers in the hair. Jingle bells on the radio, smiles on the strangers. Kids looking for Santa, baby Jesus in a manger. Snow on the ground and there's lights on the tree. Hot chocolate in the cup, feeling happy as can be. Here comes Santa Claus down Santa Claus Lane. So make sure there's milk cookies. Cookies and carrots left out on the plate. Merry Christmas. So much joy and love this season. Man, I wish y'all the best Christmas. Twiz and White Pieces, Merry Christmas, right here on The Xander Effect. In entertainment news, man, I gotta tell you, this is... (laughs) 
The Mandalorian, the season finale, spoiler alert, just in case none of you ever watch the internet ever. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's all over the place. Jeremy, I know you haven't seen it, so I'm going to have to, uh, sorry. Um, <laughs> no, but, no worries. As I said, with any of these, you know, mega worldwide sensations, <laughs> there's there's really no way for me to avoid it completely. So don't worry about it. It always gets spoiled to some degree. It's my own fault for, you know, waiting as long as I do to watch an entire thing. So. Exactly. Your own fault. You said it, not me. I said it. Anyways, anyways, no, man, The Mandalorian, uh, again, spoiler alert. So if you don't want to, you know, uh, listen to this, just, you know, fast forward ahead um, because, you know, that's you can do that on Spotify. Um, But, man, this episode had me in tears at the end. I mean, it was such an exciting episode, action packed. I mean, John Favreau, he like. He took this show and made it a sensation. The way he wrote it, the way he's directing it. I mean, this show is incredible. Uh, and I mean, at the end of it, basically, uh, Little Yoda, because I refuse to call him by his real name. It just doesn't, the real name doesn't make any sense. For me, he'll always be Little Yoda. Little Baby Yoda, basically, he uh, he gets rescued by by the Mando and also uh, you know the the rest of the team that you know I mean you, the Boba Fett came in you know to go ahead and serve as some cover fire as the team got in to go ahead and rescue little baby Yoda um, and it was just you know it definitely the show definitely showed a lot of uh, woman power because the four women uh, that were involved it was just it was four women and Mando that came in to rescue and they kicked ass like those ladies definitely kicked ass in that episode Episode. But what really stood out, and here's where the spoiler comes in. Here's where the real craziness comes in. They went ahead and uh, uh, at, towards the end, they were being surrounded by dark, uh, by dark troopers. These are like mechanical, like robot troopers. Very freaky looking too. They kind of remind me of the uh, of the those robots from uh, Battlestar Galactica. I think they're called. Uh, what are they called, Jeremy? Do you remember what they're called? They're called uh, uh, Cylons. That's what oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Especially <laughs> anybody who was, you know, a kid in the '80s and went to Universal Studios yeah, on the tram. Yeah, those things were pretty freaky. Yeah, well, they kind of look like Cylons. They they made them these dark troopers, these dark uh, robotic troopers. They look like Cylons, all black with red eyes. It was freaky, and uh, they were unstoppable virtually. I mean, Mando had a tough time just just stopping one of them. He was barely able to get out of there alive with you know by stopping one of them. So he went ahead and defeated the the leader of that uh, of that ship uh grabbed his saber uh grabbed the grabbed the dark saber but here's the thing one of the mandalorians uh the female mandalorian she wanted to go ahead and wanted to save that save wanted to save him for last because she wanted to defeat that that uh uh that character um i can't his name escapes me right now uh to go ahead and get the dark saber because the one that wields the dark saber rules all of Mandalore and Mando walks in with baby Yoda and with his prisoner and the saber in the hand. And she's like, you didn't kill him. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's, and then he starts telling me, he's like, you don't get it, Mando. The one that wields it rules Mandalore. And he's like, well then here, take it. I don't care. And he's like, you don't understand. The only person that could go ahead and have that has to defeat the other one in combat. They have to battle to the death. 
for that saber. So she can't take it. If she took it just like that, she would just be a poser, he said. So now there's going to be another conflict, no doubt, for season for season three re- involving them. But again, we go back to the real spoiler. At the end of this, they get surrounded by these dark stormtroopers outside when suddenly a Jedi shows up with a green lightsaber. And he starts laying waste to all these freaking robots. Like, nothing's stopping this person. He's just going, blah, 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 killing all of them until he gets to the, to, the, to the door. And Mando's like, open the door. And they're like, are you crazy? He's like, just do it. Open the door. And he actually doesn't even wait for them to open. He opens the door for him. And in walks in this Jedi with a hood over his face. And he uncovers his face. It's Luke Skywalker. Young. Wow. Luke Skywalker, mind you, which begs the question, how? How is Luke, first of all, how is he young? Because they they did, I think they they did like a digital um, character for him uh, to make him look really young. And he walks in to collect baby Yoda, little baby Yoda. And he says, don't worry, he'll be safe with us, but he needs to be trained. But here's the question. Here's the big question that, again, it, it's, it's something that doesn't make any sense. How is Luke still alive? How is he young? And what's the deal? Like, it's just so many questions that they didn't answer. He just grabbed little baby Yoda. And this is the part where I started crying is that baby Yoda didn't want to leave. And, and Luke's like, you need to give him permission. He's created a bond with you, Mando. You need to give him permission. Otherwise, he won't go. And so Mando just looks at the little baby. He's like, you have to go, okay? This is where you belong. He's like, don't worry, kid. I'll see you again someday. And it was just so sad. I was crying so much. I was like, no. And then, and oh, and Mando takes off his helmet. He takes off his helmet because little baby Yoda wants to touch his cheek. And he actually takes off his helmet to reveal his face. This is the second time he's revealed his face, actually, in this season. So, which is, which is really cool. And you could see Mando's eyes just like welling, welling up. He's like crying and everything. So they basically left it at that. Now, there was after the credits, there was something after the credits where Boba Fett goes to the Hutt's, uh, Jabba the Hutt's castle. And in Jabba the Hutt's castle is that albino looking, you know, like worm guy or whatever. He's got long, long like long worm like tentacles over his head. He was in Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I uh, know who you're that, talking about. Yeah, he was the one that was translating for for uh, for Luke to Jabba. Apparently, he took over after Jabba died. And he walks in, Boba Fett walks in and starts shooting all of them up. And he's like, Boba Fett, I didn't know you were alive and I thought you were dead and how you been. Boba Fett didn't want to have any of it. Shot him in the head, took over the freaking throne. And now it at the end of the of the credits and everything, it said you could see Boba Fett just sitting at the at the throne, and it reads uh, the Boba the Boba Fett novel or novel of the Boba Fett or something like that. So looks like there's another spinoff in the works for next year for 2021, and that's not the only thing. You have Disney is going bananas next year for 2021 we're talking they have released so many new original series on disney plus uh they have obi-wan kenobi that's gonna be a standalone series uh Anakin Skywalker is actually uh, Hayden Hayden Christensen is actually making his reprisal as Anakin Skywalker in that series from what rumors are are suggesting. Uh, You have that Boba Fett series. You have a season three of The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian was just such a success. Hmm. 
that Disney couldn't say no. They had to okay. say, we got to give it to them. I, I have to take you back here for a second. Did you really just say that they're considering bringing Hayden Christensen back? Yes. Yes. Did you really just say yep. that? Yep. Oh my <laughs> God. Maybe he got horrible. acting lessons. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know if you can salvage that whiny little biatch of a character. I told you when we talked about this the first time. Yeah, I know. That truthfully, I didn't hold it all against Hayden. I really didn't. They didn't give him much to work with. I mean, Lucas's script for that was the writing for his dialogue. I mean, they made him this whiny little wimp the entire time that just grated on your nerves. So, I mean, how is how is Hayden supposed to play that? You know, so I can't put it all on him. But how do you revive that character? You literally made him nothing but a whiny little biatch for two straight films. I mean, he did become kind of dark in the, in the third one. Even then, he was just, oh my God, I'm dark. Oh, damn, I killed people. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You know, I mean, he was a whiny dark Jedi even. I mean, holy cow. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, maybe they, they maybe they'll go ahead and ask him under a new direction. Maybe he might actually do something different because, I mean, I saw him. The only other movie I saw him was in Looper. And in Looper, he kind of had the same character. Like, it's still the same whiny character. And I'm like, dude, could you do something else besides that? Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe I, mean, I just- would love to see him do awesome. Like I said, I don't hold it against him completely. What they gave him was that character. I don't know if he could have done much else different, but that's a hard one, man. People despise that character. I don't know how you create a spinoff around a character that was universally disliked by the fans. True, true. We're going to have to see what happens, uh, how he's going to reprise his role, how that's going to happen, because I don't know if this happened. I don't know if this is like a prequel to what happened with them or if this is like uh, like maybe it's just a flashback that Obi-Wan has about uh, when he was uh, when he was training uh, Anakin. So there's just so many questions. But I mean, definitely um, uh, 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 the 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 uh, the. The uh, the actor that played Obi Wan Kenobi, um, anybody got his name? Because Ewan McGregor. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I'm horrible today. Horrible. Uh, Ewan McGregor. He's actually reprising his role as Obi Wan Kenobi uh, for this mm-hmm. new for this na- new standalone uh, for this new standalone uh, C- original uh, Disney Plus original series. So that should be really cool. I thought he did a great job as Obi Wan. To be honest with you, so should be great to watch him uh, do a standalone uh, series on that. I mean, Lana, you've been kind of quiet over there. I mean, are you a Star Wars fan at all? <laughs> no. You're not a Star Wars fan. Huh? Uh, I knew it. I knew it. Do it. I knew it was quiet. coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm like, like you're oh, a bunch of man. you're a bunch of nerds. All of you. You're all a bunch of nerds. That, okay, like the only. Okay, maybe you guys will. Uh, this will give me some credibility or some love if I just tell you guys this. The closest that I've come to any kind of Star Wars anything was I did a story, which is really a war- heartwarming story, on a little kid. Um, and uh, the Stanford University, they have their cancer uh, research place for kids, Children's Hospital. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these kids had um, cancer 
or some kind of illness. And for, I want to say for Christmas or for the holidays, uh, the entire Star Wars uh, cast uh, or, or just people dressed up in costume, everybody from Luke to name all the others. I'm sorry, I don't know all the characters. <laughs> and uh, they, show up, they showed up to uh, this one little boy's hospital room who's a huge actually you know what it was well now that i realize it the little boy another little boy organized it to show up to and he was dressed up in one of the characters along with a cast of other people from star wars and they showed up uh to their hospital room just to spread a little christmas cheer for the kids who were in the hospital for um various things and stanford children's hospital so that's like the closest and even when i was covering the story it's so funny because i'm telling you this my photographer is like you guys they know he knew all the names and everything so when i'm writing the script because i didn't want the producers to know how like ignorant I was about it I had to like go through everything and make sure I'd be like hey is this his name and does this go with this character the dude that was dressed up and he's like yeah I got you but um I'm not a Star Wars person sorry you're just too cool (laughs) for school Lonnie that's the thing she's like just too cool for school Jeremy and she's got to start you got to start nerding out with us just a little bit a little bit come on now actually you know start off small start off small just just watch just watch episode uh episode uh four just watch that one a new episode hope. four okay yep, yeah just watch episode one. just that's okay. the very that's the original first one you know okay. that'll, that'll that'll really you know start getting you in there a little bit you know i yeah. mean everybody says that they should start with episode one but don't because then you'll hate it automatically mm-hmm. um, right. so we'll go with episode four to start off and then you know ease your way in there trust me you, you'll like it because the way george lucas always described it is it's basically a family type of movie it's you know mm-hmm. uh, father against son brother against brother you know type of movie so i mean that's pretty much it's like a soap opera but for mm-hmm. you know for the stars for the galaxy it's a galaxy soap opera is the way he described it a long time ago in an interview um so it's something like that i mean it's it's a really really cool um really cool movie so definitely Lonnie, nerd out a little bit. Come on. I will nerd out. You know what I'm finding, though? It's so funny. The same people, um, not to profile you guys, the same people who like Star Wars are the same people who are gamers, who are like in their living room, you know, through the weekend playing all the games you guys talk about. Well, I got to say that is not too far off, given the generation we grew up in. We were the generation that, you know, saw Star Wars in the theaters and was basically inundated with all this great sci-fi and all this stuff and then you have mm-hmm. this new gaming technology that comes along and starts putting you into that kind of fantasy world it makes sense right I still feel profiled it's all love there's no hate like I, said, <laughs> you know, I think it's cool but it's just not what i've been watching lately mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah what have you been watching lately honey um, what I've been watching lately are uh, feel-good movies to cheer me up. Um, one of them um, was something I saw before. Um, Do you guys ever uh, watch this movie with Ali Wong? She's so cute and funny. Um, Always Be My Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a romantic comedy, so I've been watching a lot of rom-coms. I've been watching a lot of Christmas movies. Jingle Jangle, super good on Netflix right now. It's like a Christmas feel-good Musical, believe it or not, Forrest Whitaker is one of the main characters and he sings. Oh, wow. In it. 
and he is amazing. The costume was wonderful. The entire cast, amazing. So a must see. So I've been watching a lot of family, Christmas, romantic comedy, feel good stuff. See, my tra- my traditional my traditional movie that I love watching on Christmas Eve is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Like that's, oh, that's, that's that's my movie. That's my go-to movie every Christmas Eve. That's my traditional movie to watch. I mean, I it should it. be it should be a Christmas story because I know yeah, Jeremy, you got your friend that's in that movie and everything. But I don't know. I mean, for me, a Christmas story is a Christmas Day movie because of the fact that. I believe out here in California, it's Channel 5. Yeah. Play, plays yeah. it all day long on Christmas KTLA. Day. I mean, literally just on repeat every two hours. Yep. So oh, I, I will always associate it with Christmas Day. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's definitely it's definitely one of those Christmas Day movies, that's for sure. But yeah, yeah, I love Christmas Vacation. I mean, when that squirrel comes out, it's freaking hilarious. I love that scene. I mean, there's just so many scenes. That one then with the freaking sleigh with the with the pan or whatever that he puts like on that extra strength special butter on it. He goes flying like warp speed gone. Love that. Oh my god, such a great stuff. Anyways, getting back to more entertainment news. Um Eminem's having issues with Snoop Dogg. Well, I mean, if you could even call it that. I mean, we all know that Eminem, whenever he starts doing like, like whenever he starts beefs or anything like that, and he starts talking crap about people he's having beef with on on an album, he goes hard. With Snoop, it was a little bit lighter, but it was still a jab at him because Snoop, he feels a little bit like kind of upset that Snoop didn't include him in his top 10 uh, best rappers or something like that. And Eminem actually uh, called him on it in his latest, uh, in his latest, um, in his latest album, uh, murder, murder or music to be murdered by side B. And uh, in, in that album, he, he's pretty much telling Snoop Dogg that he was like, dude, you were like a God to me. He's like, haha, no, not really. I was just spelling do- uh, dog backwards. <laughs> it was it was kind of a funny little jab at him, but my question is because I mean he he feels in in the in the in the lyrics he also talks about how uh, it's sad that his own camp you know that his own that basically his own team doesn't back him and doesn't you know doesn't uh, really have his back or anything like that. Uh, and if we remember correctly, Dr. Dre is the one that discovered Eminem to begin with. And Dre and Snoop have a close-knit relationship because they pretty much practically started uh, the rap game together. Uh, and, well, no, let's let's go back. Well, and W and 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 I know and W. That's why I'm saying they practically started. No, it. I, and, I don't mean it that way. I'm not trying to, but Dre basically discovered Snoop. Yeah, okay, yeah. Dre, is, Dre is the one who brought Snoop to, to Jug and to Death Row yeah. and produced his first album. He discovered mm-hmm. Snoop as well. So personally, I think that's maybe why, you know, Eminem kept his gloves on a little bit with this. You know, he has why there to. was a little. Well, it's not just that. There's a level of respect. I mm-hmm. mean, you you are a part of that. I, I say crew, but not in that way. You know, you're you're a part of that same lineage, and right. these are guys who have helped produce your albums, who you've worked with. So whether you feel slighted or not, this is not your enemy. You and you don't want them to be your enemy either. Absolutely because, not. I mean, it's it's one of those things where Dre would have to like 
side with Snoop for the relationship they've had over the years. I mean, Dre, I would imagine Dre's a lot closer to Snoop than he is to Eminem. And he would have to side with Snoop on this one because unless he wants to take a neutral route and just be like, I don't want to get in the middle of this. You know, it's between you guys. But, I mean, here's hoping that that beef doesn't grow. I mean, <clears throat> you know, truth be told, Snoop is already at that age where beefs to him are really, they're nothing. I mean... Hey, how old, how old is Snoop? He's in his, like, what, mid-50s, I think? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's early to mid-50s, okay. I believe. Yeah, okay. so it's one of those things where I doubt Snoop wants to get into any type of beef with any rapper at this at this point in his life because mm-hmm. it's like, dude, why? Why am I gonna get in on this? I mean, this isn't this mm-hmm. isn't something that this isn't something that it's gonna really go anywhere. Really, it doesn't do much for anybody's career. Really, so who knows? Who knows if he's gonna actually if he's actually going to you know say anything back about this i mean it was a light jab it wasn't like it was like hardcore like eminem style usually is it was really really light jab uh to snoop and mm-hmm. i mean maybe he might have just another thing that he actually the eminem also did do in in uh, one of the songs was apologize to rihanna for uh a song that was uh that was released pretty much without him mm-hmm. consenting to it or without his knowledge and it was it was an accident to go ahead and release that song and it has to do with him siding with Chris Brown. This is when the whole domestic uh, abuse happened between Rihanna and Chris Brown a few years back and uh, it was a little late of an apology but it was still Mm -hmm. there and he did apologize to Rihanna in his song saying that basically you know I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that. That was my that was on me. That was my fault and I apologize. So and that's rare for Eminem to apologize actually. That's really rare for him to like actually uh, you know say I'm sorry for for a song that came out. So I mean that shows his growth too. Could be in age and as a person. It could be because I mean lately these past couple of years, from what I understand, it seems like Eminem has been mainly focused on political uh, political type of uh, messages that he's been trying to mm-hmm. get out for a long time, dealing with uh, the current administration and everything. So it could be possible that there is growth there that he's more concerned with real topics that affect people on a daily basis, and he's not so much focused on on beefing with any other rappers right now, except for this little light issue that he has with Snoop that he just feels disrespected. He feels disrespected that that is he's like, dude, man, I thought I thought you I thought I had more love from you than that. And for you not even right. to include me, that that's a little hurtful. That that hurt my feelings a little bit. So who knows if that's gonna actually uh, go anywhere. But if it does, it begs the question, where is that gonna leave Eminem? Where is that gonna leave Snoop? Where is that gonna leave Dr. Dre in the middle of all that? So, I mean, that's just that's going to be something to 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 really take a look at to see what happens in the coming days. Or will it just be completely ignored and people just move on? You know, that could be another that could be another option. Who knows? But I mean, I mean, Lonnie, what are your thoughts on this? Ah, I don't know. I love beefs between rappers. Um, You love drama. What's the matter with you? (laughs) (laughs) it just makes for good songs and good good uh tv so you're like an instant you're like an instigator lon you're like go ahead go ahead yeah yeah you know as far as snoop goes i just think he's so funny i always love to see his reactions to stuff so okay do you guys remember um unfortunately it's a sad story and we're almost coming up on the anniversary of it when when kobe uh his plane crashed and Mm -hmm. i remember when uh gail uh, Oprah's best bestie, um, or somebody was talking about uh, 
Kobe's infidelity or something like that. Somebody oh, brought yeah, up that, that story. And then Snoop went hard at yeah. it. And I want yep. to say he called her. He like called her. He was really disrespectful. Oh, yeah. he called, he went, he I don't want to repeat it. Yeah, I don't want to repeat it, but he called her like a really bad name. And then after that, because you know how social media works, mm-hmm. everybody like jumped on the bandwagon and she's getting all these nasty messages, right? Yeah, because um, of the way Snoop put it, it, almost, it was almost like a threat, like almost like it, a threat towards her. Yeah, it really was. He went hood, but you got to remember Snoop is from the hood. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> that's why when his words, that's why when he started talking and he started going off like that, I was like, uh, somebody give her bodyguards quick. <laughs> right? Right? And so then, you know, after that happened, um, I remember seeing him coming on um, Red Table Talk. That just seems to be the show where everybody yeah. either confesses or they yeah. say they're sorry. <laughs> yeah. And he, he came on that show with uh, Jada Pinkett and her mom and daughter and said, you know, and it was so funny because they brought him in and they like all of them were like, Uncle Snoop in the house. <laughs> and he comes nice. over and sits down. And what I love is like halfway through the interview, which just shows his humility he actually apologized you know um apologized by uh getting caught up in the in In the the, heat of the moment in the heat of the moment exactly um xander and then he actually um posted reposted something again on his either it was the instagram or twitter one of the social media outlets and apologized to gail you know, for it. Uh, but I'm saying that, you know, he went too far. He should have been re- more responsible in what he said. So I think I'm saying all this to say that the Snoop today is cool and is funny mm-hmm. and as pot smoking as he is. And he's a Steelers fan. So Boo. I cut him some slack for that reason oftentimes. <laughs> but I think the Snoop today is that is the kind of Snoop is an older Snoop. He's Grandpa Snoop. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I think that he's careful. He's probably he's at least going to try to be more careful with his words. So whatever he does, I, I would like to think he'll be more careful with his words. He'll be more careful. So that's he has all. to. He has yeah. to because, I mean, yeah. you know, people in his position, they they have power in their words. Mm-hmm. Like one call out or one one call to arms from Snoop and they will it will happen. I mean, that's how powerful his words are to the ears of many people and it's it's one of those things where you know he he like you said he realizes the power of his words and he's more careful he has more tact with what he says because he doesn't want to incite any type of hate you know uh towards one person or any type of malicious intent or crime or anything like that towards the person that he's talking to because he might be implicated on something like that too by them saying well you called it on this person and mm-hmm. it happened because you said it. Your words right. meant something. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely changed a lot. And mm-hmm. uh, But again, we'll have to see what happens with this whole uh, light beef that's going on between him and Eminem and see where, where that goes. Um, but uh, in other entertainment news, uh, this this goes towards uh, a former uh, a former co-star of yours, Jeremy, and a friend of yours actually. Kirk Cameron's on the news uh, <laughs> lately because he actually decided to have you know have a, a gathering, maskless gathering, mind you, uh, and he went ahead and said, "quote It's part town hall meeting, part warship service. If you love God, if you love Christmas, and you." 
you love liberty, you're not going to want to miss this. And you know, this is this is an event that he's uh, that he's uh, a, a Christian event that he's trying to go ahead and throw in Thousand Oaks. But the problem here is that. He summoned uh, so many hundreds of maskless people uh, that came out and uh, did Christmas carols and things like that. And it's and it's not the best time right now to do that. And he's been getting a lot of flack for it because it's irresponsible, especially with the numbers like going crazy here in Southern California, Los Angeles alone. Uh, they're saying that ICU beds are yeah. at zero right now, <laughs> and it's getting really bad out here. He goes ahead and does something like this. This is hugely irresponsible right now in this time that we're doing. So, I mean, Jeremy, he's your friend. I mean, what's what are your thoughts on this, man? Oh, because I know you're very passionate about 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 being safety, about safety protocols. I mean, you have immunocompromised uh, family members that live with you. So, I mean, coming from that portion, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? You know me, I'm never going to pull any punches and friend or not, I'm going to say what I think and I couldn't be more disappointed in him, truthfully. Um, it was it was really, Kirk and I have always understood each other. I have a great respect for him normally. We disagree on a lot of issues, but I've always had a lot of respect for the way he lives his life and who he is. This is extremely irresponsible in my opinion. I have a very big problem with it, especially with people dying left and right. Mm -hmm. His statement that he made to the press, which came out on multiple news sources today, uh, basically talked about, and I understand this part of it. Every bit of this part is true. He was talking about how suicides are up addiction relapses up mm -hmm. mental health problems are going up we're losing people to this and that because of businesses failing and homeless and and that's all absolutely 100 percent true i get it and the idea of doing something to bring people some hope and uplift their spirits is a wonderful idea mm -hmm. horrible horrible execution in my opinion you know the fact is as as Xander said, we're at zero bed space in Southern California. It's not just Los Angeles. It's Southern California. That means San Diego, too. You're talking about two of the biggest metropolises in the United States. Zero bed space. That means if you get hit by a car tomorrow, there's no ICU or emergency doctor to work on you. Oh, that's scary. Yeah, that's it's what bad. that means. If that's your grandfather scary. has a heart attack tomorrow, there is no emergency doctors to work on him. Yep. That is what all of that means. To me, it is incredibly irresponsible whether your motives are good or not. It is a insanely selfish and irresponsible thing to do. It, it, you could still go out caroling and social distance and wear masks, wear masks and yep. do things like this to protect people. Yep. <clears throat> this is a statement because they have political views yep. about their freedom. To me, that's an entitled attitude. Yep. And you are risking people's lives because you feel your needs and freedoms are more important. That is unacceptable. I'm, yeah. I'm horribly disappointed in my friend, and mm -hmm. I, I don't know what else to say. 
preach, yeah. preach, 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 Jeremy. I, I stuck in everything you said, and I feel like that that attitude has just been the attitude that's been going on. It's funny. I've seen a lot of people, just personal um, stories from people who who got COVID themselves, who had that attitude, and changed their tune after they found themselves in the hospital. What's unfortunate is something like that hardly sometimes ever strikes home until someone is personally affected deeply by it, which is so selfish. And it's the truth. And it's the truth because, I mean, it, you know, it's, 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 it's a difficult situation because, I mean, at the same time, you also have, you know, there's, there's certain groups of people, certain class that have better medical you know, uh, better medicine, better uh, doctor uh, care, better this, that, and the other. Doesn't, but the majority don't. They have to. They have to go ahead and rely on doctors that are being stretched super thin right now, and that's not fair to them. It's not fair to the people that actually that, that, that don't have the luxury of a personal like of a private practice doctor or anything like that at their beck and call to go ahead and you know provide for them the best care. That's that's another issue as well. And for him again, Jeremy, I, I you know I want to echo what you said. That's incredibly irresponsible for him to go ahead and do something like that. I mean, there are people that are dying left and right for that same type of attitude and irresponsibility that Kirk uh, went ahead and and showed. And it's and like you said, again, I'm echoing the same thing you said, Jeremy. You can still go caroling. You can still uh, have somewhat of a of a group affair, but safety, safely, you know, with safety measures in place. We're talking, you know, six feet separate. You know, we're talking wearing your masks. That's mm-hmm. not a violation of any type of civil liberty whatsoever. Wearing a mask? That's not, that's, that's what? Who? I mean, that's vanity, in my opinion. People that don't want to wear masks are vain. They want, like, really? You want to go hey, ahead? I'm going to take it a step further, Xander. People who don't want to wear masks are cray-cray. How about that? <laughs> They're cray-cray. True, true. I mean, it's not it's not that difficult to go ahead and put something over your mouth. It's not going to kill you. It's going to save you, if anything. What's the big deal with putting a mask over your face? What? It's, it's sheer entitlement. It is. I'm sorry. We are the most entitled nation on the planet. Plain and yeah. simple. We've mm-hmm. been taught that our feelings are more important than anybody else's. Vanity is more important. Un- unfortunately, I, I honestly don't believe that vanity is the biggest problem. I think it is for some people, but I really believe this entitled attitude, this you can't take my rights, this my rights are more important than anybody else's. Mm-hmm. This is a very prominent and prevalent attitude in our country. It's a very mm-hmm. large problem. And mm-hmm. it is one of the reasons why most of the rest of the world is laughing their asses off at us right now yeah, that, and cannot figure out how we can be so stupid. Yeah. Here's the, and, and the other thing, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and add on to this, to this little topic here. What's going to happen if, God forbid, some of those people that came out get infected? Is Kirk going to take responsibility for for his actions? Is he going to actually say, my fault, sorry? Sorry is not going to go ahead and fix a loved one's death. It's not going to bring him back. So sorry is not going to cut it. And it's, 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 man, 
I mean, it's tough for me to actually know about this story. I know it's even tougher for you, Jeremy, because he's a friend of yours and you you worked with the guy. He's practically like you're he, like he he became your older brother, not just on the show, but in life as well. I mean, it's got to be it's got like I, I can only imagine how it's eating away at you at this point. I can tell you right now, I will always love Kirk. He is my brother. You know, that's the facts. He's always been there for me. I mean, I've told you before at my hardest times when me and the family were, you know, on the streets, when Joni and I were living in our car right after the 2008 crash and I lost my business and everything else. Kirk was one of the few people who stepped up and tried to help me get work and really was there for me. Um, I can never repay how much he's been there for me in my life. I will always love mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. But this, this really saddens me. And I just, like I said, I'm not angry. I'm not anything else. I'm just, I'm really disappointed. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I get why. I get the behind it. But again, it could have been done. You could still uplift people's spirits. Mm-hmm. Wearing a mask. Social distancing. Being responsible for the well-being of others. To me, that's a Christian value that needs to be, you know, thought about a little bit more rather than our rights. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's disappointing to see. I mean, I know that you're disappointed, but I'll go ahead and be angry for you. How about that? Because this, this just irritates me seeing this. This just really, really upsets me. So I understand. You know, let's uh, let's hope that uh, the people that attended this event uh, are okay. Uh, let's hope that they that that none of them are none of them were asymptomatic. None of them had the virus. No. It's just you know the hope. unfortunate thing, and I hate to add this to it, but I can't leave it out, and I'm not going to ignore it. Is in his statement to the press today, he basically said he's going to continue organizing these throughout the Christmas season, oh. and that there are people from all over who are wanting to come. And you know, it's just it's a nightmare scenario. And he's literally helping promote what can be super spreader events in the mm-hmm. time of a of a pandemic. <laughs> so this is unfortunately does not appear to be a one-time thing. He seems to be pretty resolute in trying to keep this going, and I'm I'm just. I'm blown away. So he's going to be pretty much responsible for infections. Well, I don't see how it can, you know, how it can go any other way. I mean, if you're having people unmasked in large groups over and over and over, there's there's almost no way in the middle of all of this that people are not going to suffer from this. Well, here's hoping that uh, these new vaccines that are coming out actually, actually go ahead and uh, level out level out some of this uh, some of this rebellious attitude that most of these uh, most of these people are having against masks and everything. So here's hoping that many of those people, if they start you know congregating, they've gotten the vaccine, and uh, hopefully that that'll be something that'll you know that'll lessen the storm a bit. But uh, that's that's also a long shot because we're still a long ways away from from a lot of people getting vaccinated. And it's just it's it's slowly it's a slow process. So chances are people are still going to be coming to these events in large groups and 
you know, unfortunately, again, God forbid, but more than likely there are going to be people infected with the virus, you know, if they keep on doing this. So here's hoping that uh, that that doesn't happen. But again, that hope is a long shot. We'll see what happens. Coming up next, we continue our top 10 countdown and uh, we have the, the next uh, top 10 going in at number seven, episode 65 with UFC ring girl Ariane Celeste right here on the Xander Fed. The Xander Effect Top 10 Podcasts of this short Show number 7 I've been watching UFC Jesus since it was banned in like 49 states <laughs> You know and, and it's been a long time. And I remember, um, I remember that uh, Rochelle Leah, she was the original ring girl. And then shortly after she left the organization, you took over as, and now you're pretty much head honcho, you know, ring girl of the UFC. Yeah. I've been doing it for a while. Um, I guess I am the head honcho, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, thank you for saying that. But, um, yeah, it's been, it's been one hell of a ride, a, a great fun roller coaster, just watching the company grow and being a part of it and pretty much getting like, I would say million dollar publicity for, for free by working for them. So it's, it's been so, so amazing. Such a blessing. Not to mention you get front row seats to like historical, you know, fights. Like there's been a lot of yeah. fights that, you know, people are like, oh my God, I can't believe this is, that's happening, you know? And you're like right yeah. there front row watching these, the whole thing happen. Yeah, that, that too. Definitely. It's, it's a, an amazing sport. It's my favorite sport, obviously. Um, and I've, I've grown into such a big fan of it now where before, like when I first started, I didn't really know much about MMA. So I didn't understand just the, the beauty and the, the hard work and the dedication that these athletes really put in. Um, but obviously after like watching for so long and starting to do like boxing and, and Muay Thai myself, um, I just, wow, I have so much respect for them. No, that's awesome. Well, let's, let's show, 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 show number show, number six, 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 six. It's her, but there's so many people that are going on that have this issue going on right now with COVID-19 that a lot of people are not wearing masks. And this is a stress that's not only happening with her, but with so many. With so many people. And the truth is, anybody who has a family member who is immunologically compromised, you're already worried about this. I have two, sorry, three people in my house, uh, you know, my mother and stepfather, as well as my fiance, who are all immunologically compromised. So guess what? We have to be very fastidious and very careful. And thankfully, in California, people have been a little better about wearing their masks. Not great. Not but much. Better, <laughs> but better. And, you know, it is what it is. But we are extra fastidious about it because of of who I have here in the house. We have to be careful. My stepfather has full COPD and less than 40% lung function. If this hits him, he's gone. There's no, I mean, it's it's over. He will not make it. Show, show, number, show, number five. 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 
here right now, Lexi Pride, the music's best kept secret. And she's just an amazing artist. That song is awesome. And, you know, it's just it's just awesome to have you on the Xander Effect, Lexi. How you doing? Hello, uh, Xander. How are you? I'm doing well. Another day in paradise, you know, just trying to go ahead and make stuff happen as much as possible. So it's freaking hot over here. I know, I know you're in the East Coast, right? I am. I'm in New York City. Man, how's that? How's that going for you over there with with it being locked down? It's been, it must be it must be driving it must be driving you crazy right now. You know, it's not too bad being an artist. I think it gives us all a chance to be creative and really just focus on reinventing whatever it is you're going through in life or, you know, getting organized. So I've just been trying to keep my mind busy and you know, it's not too bad. So nice. Nice. Well, I mean, I, I want to go ahead and ask because I mean, I didn't, I, well, the last time I met you was a while back and it was at a party, um, you know, and I didn't really get a chance to chat with you, but now, you know, now we're on here. So I'm going to be able to chat with you galore. Cause I always wondered, how did you get started in music? Well, when I, I moved to New York, I moved originally here for modeling. So that was kind of my focus. But then once I kind of got in to the nightlife I had um I was just meeting amazing um people in the in the music industry and you know developed some opportunities and took them serious and became focused and one thing led to another so now we're here <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, hey. So they tell me that you're looking for a girl like me So they tell me that you're looking for a girl like me Shakira, hey, esa Latina está rica. I wanna find me a chica que sepa vivir y que viva la vida. I need a bien bonita, elegante señorita. Girl, I want you when I need ya. All of my life, yeah, baby, let's team up. I want a girl that shine like glitter. A girl that don't need no filter. The real, the real. A girl that's a natural killer. I want a girl that's a heater. Caliente off the meter. Yo quiero, mira, yo quiero una chica que no me diga mentiras. So they tell me that you're looking for a girl like me. So they tell me that you're looking for a girl like me. Si eso es 
Piece of the big manzana. So they tell me that you're looking for a girl like me. Oye, mami, estoy buscando una chica, sí. This is Larry Neymar, the founder of E! Entertainment Television. Hi, this is Maricela Cornejo. Hey, how's it going? This is Polo Molina. Hey, yo, what's up? This is the Xander Effect, and I am the DJ KID to Kick the Creek. Welcome to the place to be. Thank you. 
What's up, guys? It's Ashley Brinton, aka AB, and we're listening to Xander Dame's 100th episode. Call me Cupid, Donna, Blitzen Give me snow glow, I'm a snow bay. I get peasants every day Ho, 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 I got hoes Down the chimney, they go Naughty all night, I ain't slept in like four days Delivering presents, faster than the freeways I'm the new Santa Claus, giving you cars Ain't taking no loss, cause I'm the boss Bitch, 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 I'm Santa Claus Is AB Little Miss Santa right here on the Xander Effect? We continue on with this wonderful hundredth episode of the Xander Effect. I still can't believe it's a hundred episode, guys. I really don't. That's just, I mean, a hundred episodes of listening to me, Jeremy. I, I, I'm honestly, I don't know how anybody's done it. 
<laughs> I was waiting for that. I so gave you that one. I was like, oh, I know on. that was that was beautiful. You put it up on the T for me. I, I had to, you know. I mean, because I know you love talking shit. So you know, there you go. <laughs> um, and and another uh, a topic that's nearest and dearest to our hearts is sports, obviously. And uh, but we're not going to be talking about football. No, 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 because obviously fantasy football is already done and over with. We all know that. Um, at least that's what I'm thinking. I'm assuming <laughs> it is because, you know, we haven't been in a fantasy football team. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Anyways, um, start. I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start. Uh, but we do have other sports news to talk about, including Canelo Alvarez. Uh, basically not too happy with Jake and Logan Paul's uh, disrespect of the sport of boxing. Now, these guys have really made kind of a mockery uh, with uh, with everything that's going on. I mean, Logan Paul is is basically calling out. Conor McGregor, I'm sorry, um, Jake Paul is actually calling out Conor McGregor, uh, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know what, relax, buddy. I mean, even even Dana White is like, dude, I'll go ahead and put in Amanda Nunez to go ahead and fight you. How about that? <laughs> you know, I mean, Nate Diaz went off on 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 uh on uh on on him as well basically saying dude you know what i mean you you want to really disrespect i mean he actually had conor mcgregor's back like i was shocked i was like wow there's definitely a a a level of mutual respect between uh nate diaz and conor mcgregor there's definitely mutual respect for him to have his back like that and basically calling out uh paul and saying dude you know what? Why don't you go ahead and why don't you go ahead and come after me with that? You know, with your with that mouth of yours. You you keep on talking that someone's gonna like see you on the streets. They're gonna beat the crap out of you. So I mean, Nate was not happy uh, at how uh, Paul was calling out McGregor, basically basically saying that his you know that uh, his his talking talking smack about Conor McGregor's wife. You don't do that. You you don't go there. I mean, there's a lot of there's a line you don't cross, and I think the Paul brothers they need to they need to learn what line not to cross, and that's one of them. So, I mean, right now uh, Canelo Alvarez went on TMZ and uh, talked a little bit about how how uh, how these guys are pretty much just looking for you know it's all about the money. It's all about uh, a payday for these guys. And uh, they actually asked uh, Canelo if he would be down for a quick payday. And he responded with no, uh, with quote, no, I truly believe that it's a lack of respect. It's all based on money. It's all for money. I'm focused right now on other projects. I have other stuff going on and I would invite him for a sparring session so that he truly knows what it's all about. I can agree with that. <laughs> I would love to see a little sparring session, a free, uh, a, a free uh, little sparring session match between uh, Canelo and uh, and uh, and and Logan. I'm sorry, and Jake. I keep on getting the guys mixed up. Um, and Jake. I mean, that would be something awesome to see. What do you think, Jeremy? I would love to see either one of them get, you know, thrown around the ring for quite a while. Um, you know they're both rather obnoxious and loudmouthed and ridiculously entitled. And mm-hmm. honestly, I wish I was 15 years younger because I'd honestly step in the ring with either one of them and would have a <laughs> lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but these guys, I know, I really don't think they believe 
that they can beat these guys. They know YouTube and their game is all about the spectacle and the show and the drama and all this BS. But what they need to realize is the people they're screwing with fight for a living. Yeah. Okay, these guys risk their lives every single day fighting for a living. Yep. 10 years, 15 years, yep. 20 years, training every single day. You're going to try and step in with the best? I mean, they were just talking about Floyd Mayweather said he'd, he'd fight him in a heartbeat right now. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and that's actually going to happen. That's actually ha- going to happen I, between him and uh, Logan. It, it looked like it might. Um, and I guarantee you, unless Mayweather just decides, you know, he's going to toy with him for a while, it won't last two rounds. Mm-hmm. Now, given Mayweather's a showman, he'll probably drag it out, screw with him, so on and so forth. But mm-hmm. neither one of these guys could last two rounds with these with these fighters. And I won't. I'll take it a step further. Most of these, both of these guys, couldn't last two rounds with any second tier or third tier professional. Hands down. True. True. I mean, you got, and you got, like, you also got to look at it this way. He's calling out Conor McGregor. Conor started out in boxing to begin with. He didn't start out in MMA. He started in boxing. And so Conor knows his stuff. I mean, granted, you know, we didn't see much, you know, between him and Mayweather, but, you know, that's, that's just, that's because I'm assuming because Conor's more used to the MMA game now than boxing. But Conor's been training back up to do another rematch against Mayweather or actually to do another, to do something against, um, against uh Manny Pacquiao something like that there were rumors about that and he's been preparing for boxing he's been he's been training retraining in boxing again and uh it's not that difficult it's like riding a bike you just get right back on it and you you start knowing you know start getting your steps back but it's it's crazy because that last fight that I saw uh between Paul and uh and uh the NBA player that was such that was a train wreck to watch, to be honest with you. They weren't, they weren't, uh, the way they were fighting, their stance was off. Uh, they were kind of off balance. They weren't, uh, they weren't moving around like boxers usually do. They were kind of like walking, you know. And then when they did end up fight, like hitting each other, it was one of those fights that you would see on the street. You know, just like hitting wild, like wild punches. It was just all wild punches towards one another. No technique whatsoever. And it's like, if this is what your fights are usually like, you could easily get knocked out by a professional that can actually see a wild punch coming a mile away, sway out of the way, and then, bop, you're down for the count. Knockout. It's over. It's that quick. And these guys know about that. So it's it's one of those things where it's like, dude, you really, really got to be careful what you say because, well, I mean, like you said, Jeremy, it could be just a, a way to go ahead and have a payday for these guys just to go ahead and create a hype. But that hype might end up becoming more personal than anything. And they could get hurt really, really badly hurt in the ring. Really, really easily. I mean, let me yeah. let me give you, I mean, personally, and this is just me. I, you know, as you know, I was a little bit of a hothead when I was younger. And get out of here. If one of these guys, you know, no background in this, hasn't been training for years, wants to come in and start talking smack to me, and this is something I did and I took very seriously, I would have tortured him in the ring. 
It, it, I would have literally dragged it out as long as I could. I wouldn't even throw a punch to the face except for feints and fakes and this and that. I'd break every rib they had. I'd be going to the body, digging hard. I mean, these guys mm -hmm. know how to do that. These guys drop you with one yeah. properly body shot, you know, one properly placed body shot to the liver or the kidney. You're on the floor and your yep. legs don't work anymore. Kidney it's, shots it, are the most are the most popular ones, actually. They're the most popular, but not the most effective, man. If mm. you can do a liver shot, oh yeah, that yeah. is it. Literally paralyzes mm -hmm. your legs. These guys drop like they were shot with a gun, and they can't get up because their legs don't work anymore. Yeah, my it's dad got one hit of the most, liver. Yeah, my dad when he was younger. One of the most devastating punches there is. Uh, Janady Golovkin, you know, Triple G, and uh, oh god. Uh, in new way, I think his name is that uh, the Asian yeah, champion yeah, I know you're talking about, yeah. goes to the body like mm -hmm. a tank. I think he's only like 130 something pounds. He's a flyweight or a featherweight guy could take down a 250 pound guy with one of those body shots. And truthfully, if, if these guys keep pissing off these pros, somebody's going to get them in the ring and torture them. Oh, yeah. That's and what that's, they're going to do. They're going to get them in there, and they're going to sit there and pound on them, but they're not going to knock them out. They're going to torture them, and these guys can get hurt. And that's the thing is that many people don't understand. Getting punched in the face, yeah, you run the risk of getting knocked out, but you could easily defend the face. You could, But, but the body, there's just so many areas of the body you can't defend. You know, the face is smaller, so you're able to defend the face a lot, a lot better. But the body... You're just so wide. There's so many areas of the body you could go ahead and punch. And even if you defend it, it's still going to hurt. It's still going to get mm -hmm. you. I mean, mm -hmm. you got, I mean, again, my dad, my dad used to practice boxing when he was younger in his younger days. And he got punched in the liver really hard to the point that Oof. he was in Oof. the hospital for a month. Oh, geez. Recovering from that. It was bad. I mean, he, he was, it, blood was coming out. I mean, he, it was really bad. He almost died actually oh, from a liver shot. I Ugh. mean, it, that's what these guys don't understand is that that's how dangerous that could be. One shot, mm -hmm. you're, you're screwed. You're done. Yeah. I mean, and these guys need to understand that they've only, they've only boxed a couple of times. And mm -hmm. they boxed against people that are not professional boxers. You know, you, you, you got you got these guys that, like you said, Jeremy, have been practicing this sport for years, since they were kids practically, since they were like, mm -hmm. I think in preschool, they've been practicing this type of sport. And they know, they know how to fight. They know how to both street fight. They know how to professionally fight. They know how to do it. You don't want to irritate these guys. I mean, you don't want to go there. But mm -hmm. hell, if they do, it'll be fun to watch. <laughs> to be honest, it'll be fun to see them get their asses handed to them because it'll be lesson learned. Don't mess with them. Don't do that. Don't don't go there. Don't please don't go there because it's all bad news. I mean, Lonnie, what are your thoughts? Oh man, uh <laughs> not a boxing fan, aren't you? It's just, it just goes it just goes completely blank on you, doesn't it? I hate oh Lonnie, you're killing me small. <laughs> Speaking for like, I'm like the stereotypical. Um, my head is a thing about Valley Girl. Oh my god! Like, yeah, I'm thinking about like fashion. And I was just thinking about what I was gonna send my brother for Christmas, and we're gonna get to him in time. You're like sitting um, there. You're like sitting there, and your head has that little that little monkey with the symbols going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I guess all I have to say about the boxing thing is, you know, I was a big fan uh, growing up of Sugar Ray Leonard. Mm -hmm. And probably one of the reasons why I liked him, because I thought he was handsome. And I thought it was kind of cool that he could 
being so many fights because he was pretty fast right you guys mm-hmm. and being so many of these fights and yet you know other than his I know he had an issue with a detached retina and that's what kept him from fighting again because um, I think they said that the second time if it happened again it could affect be serious and affect his vision that I do remember um, and so I don't know when I just think of anybody taking a chance in the, in, in the rink like what you guys are talking about at an older age or you know young or whatever man boxing is just a risk in and of itself it's just not a sport where you're trying to like preserve your health long term whether it be um aesthetically or just body wise or even with your brain because as we know over time you take so many hits later on in life it's going to have an impact on you and so that's what I think about. Sorry, I'm not sure that I answered the question, but that's well. I mean, thinking. it's it's one of those things where yeah, you kind of did because I mean, these guys are these guys, the Paul brothers, are taking this this uh, crap talking very lightly, and they haven't really been hurt. Like, right. like, really been hurt because right. the boxers that they've been going up against have been have been kind of squash matches for them. It's just a payday for mm-hmm. them. They haven't mm-hmm. really gone up against a real challenge. And when you get up to that real challenge, that's when you run the risk of what you just said, getting really badly injured. Mm-hmm. Uh, so these guys don't know about that yet. But the more the more crap they're talking, they're gonna know. They're gonna know, and they're gonna know the hard way. I so, mean, Muhammad Ali. I mean, the champ. You know. I mean, that, I mean, that is his situation in and of itself. I don't know. I mean, if I'm a mom, if I were a mom, that would be the thing that I'd be worried about, about my boy, you know, if he were interested in boxing or even playing football, which we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. Like, I love football. I love watching football. But boy, is it a brutal sport. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And I don't know. Uh, we'll go ahead and see what happens if uh, one of these uh, Paul brothers decides to go ahead and go in a sparring match against one of the best in the business today, which is Canelo Alvarez. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. In other sports news, the WWE is uh, getting pressure by USA Network. Apparently, uh, the uh, Monday Night Raw has been getting low ratings uh, for a while now. And uh, the USA Network is furious with uh, WWE because of that. Uh, right now, it seems that uh, a source with WWE told uh, TalkSport that basically, quote, USA Network are furious. They want more adult content, not sexy adult, but dark and violent adult. Now, I go back to the Attitude Era. One of the best mm-hmm. eras in WWE history. I mean, we're talking D-Generation X. We're talking Austin 316. We're talking The Rock. We're talking like an era where it was a violence war. I mean, you got Mick Foley, Mankind. You know, you had just, it was just so awesome, that era, because the drama was was really awesome. Uh, the The... The wrestling matches were hardcore. You're talking about blood. You're talking about going through tables, going through. Oh, it was just it was just a great era. And for a long time, many people were saying we want the Attitude Era back. But at the time, there were rumors that uh, Stephanie McMahon, uh, Vince McMahon's daughter, had taken over, and uh, Vince McMahon kind of took a step back uh, for a little bit. I mean, he was still in the he was still lurking around, and still had final decisions but 
Stephanie McMahon uh, put a, you know, took a step in at a certain point and started taking over. And because there was rumors saying that because she was a mom now and she had daughters, they wanted to show a better example uh, towards a younger generation. But that kind of left the older generation that got that got used to you know the Smash Mouth crap talking you know type of era. That brought them out. They, that put them out. And that that didn't make a lot of people. That made a lot of people very upset. Me included. I was like, wait a minute. I, I love the attitude. Why'd you take? Why'd you go PG suddenly? I mean, that's not that's not something people want to watch. And so, looks like that's starting to actually uh, affect the WWE right now as far as ratings go, because many people are not watching. I mean, think about it. Yes, I get it that that you know the consumers are mostly children that you know buy the the dolls and everything, but the people that watch late night television are mostly adults. Kids are in bed by like or should be in bed by like 8 p.m. So and this this uh, Monday Night Raw usually starts while well, on the West Coast. It usually starts at around 8 p.m. So yeah, there's got to be some sort of uh, changes going on over there because right now, yeah, USA Network's not too happy about that and and. Jeremy, you're a wrestling fan. I mean, would you agree with that? I think I would agree with it in that with all of the competition for attention, all the different options people have, they need that drama and that extra push that the Attitude Era gave them. Now, I do differ with you in that I was not a huge fan of that era. I missed... Just wait. You better give me a good excuse, man. Otherwise, drop the show. There's no excuse. (laughs) I preferred what I considered a purer time in wrestling before the Gold Dust era and all that as well. Back to the days of Macho Man and King Kong Bundy on Saturday night. You know, Papa Shango, dude. That guy freaked me out. (laughs) Stuff like that. I, I was just more of a purist about it. I mean, I loved the spectacle and everything else, but. But the the Attitude Era, to me, it wasn't just the kind of disrespectful, let's push the over-sexualization (laughs) over-sexualization of everything which just seemed ridiculously out of place. But every damn match didn't finish. Basically got into this era where there were so many rivalries and so much drama and this and that. Every big match, people jumped in and there was interference and there was this crap. And just for a a fan of wrestling, it turned me off. It did. But I really believe that with the shorter attention spans now, our YouTube generation, everything else, they got to have something more than just the traditional. They got to go back to being a little more edgy or they're not going to survive. True. True. I mean, especially right now, I mean, AEW is kicking their ass right now. AEW is doing a great job uh, with the drama. They brought Sting back uh, to AEW. Which is very interesting because suppose allegedly Sting couldn't wrestle anymore. I mean, because he had neck issues and one more match and he'd be paralyzed. So who knows if maybe he got that uh, repaired. Uh, but he is back and he's on AEW. Uh, they've been showing a lot of uh, hardcore matches. Uh, there's been a lot of blood been spilt on AEW. So that's actually bringing them a lot of attention, actually, uh, the way they're doing it. So, 
I, I don't know. I mean, things have got to change. I'm not even going to ask Lonnie what she thinks because she's not a wrestling fan. <laughs> we already know that. She's been quiet over there. She's like, please don't ask me. Don't ask. Don't do it. Don't do it again. Don't do it again. Do you know what my thoughts are now? I'm like, oh, there's like a two, there's like a foot of snow. I'm like, are the gears, are the gears going to come back again? And will they saunter up the hill? That's where my mind went just now. <laughs> oh my gosh, cracking me up. She's like <laughs> <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> oh Lord. Bottom line is uh, the WWE's got to make changes. Otherwise, who knows what's going to be the future of Monday Night Raw. It's not looking too good on the USA Network. And uh, who knows? They might have to go back to TNT or Spike TV again. Who knows? But uh, we'll just have to wait and see and find out. In other sports news. Looks like uh, Clippers' uh, Jerry West is being sued, actually, by uh, Johnny Wilkes. And uh, he's the man that was basically uh, that was involved in the alleged role in landing uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, and and basically is saying that Jerry West uh, left him a voicemail in, in 2019 talking crap about the Lakers organization. Uh, and he basically says... Uh, you know, quote, this is this is a quote from from uh, from uh, Jerry West in the voicemail it says, quote, I just find it hard to believe that he would want to go to that shit show where he would not even be wouldn't even get his name in the in the paper and he wouldn't be the face of the franchise. That's for sure. He might be the best player on the team, but hope things are well. And again, I really, really appreciate everything you've done. So, I mean, and this is back in 2019. Mm-hmm. This came out. Uh, it, it's it's a it's it's kind of messed up for Jerry West to be talking so much crap about the the Lakers, but I don't know. There's a, there's a sense of honesty with that. Uh, simply mm-hmm. because the Lakers have a tendency of of basically uh, putting more emphasis on their star players, you know, such as LeBron James, Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, and so mm-hmm. forth. And they've done it in the past with Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. You know, that was their that was their 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 biggest uh, draw. But I mean, there's there is truth to it. It's not like he's lying. Mm-hmm. You know, there is truth to it. I mean, if, if well. uh, I mean, in, in my opinion, that that's there's a little bit of truth to that. I mean, what do you think? I'll jump in here. There, there was truth to that before Jeannie Bus took over full-time actual basketball operations. The Lakers were a bit of a shit show. When her mm-hmm. brother was running the show, the Lakers were a bit of a shit show. So, had he made those comments in, say, 2017, I would have been much more understanding about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But making it in 2019, when Jeannie had already made a lot of the bigger changes that this organization needed, I I think it was uh, very inappropriate and quite disrespectful to her. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a woman who has had to earn her respect in this game, who has been ridiculed and criticized and mm-hmm. called, you know, Phil Jackson's arm candy and all this yeah, other stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. Didn't she and Phil, they had a thing going? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, it was it was all this different stuff. And you're talking mm-hmm. about a woman who was raised <laughs> by one of the greatest owners in the history of sports ownership, you know, right. Dr. Jerry Buss. 
who lived the Laker life, who grew up in the building, watching her father. No one was bred for this position more. There isn't a human being on this planet that loves the Lakers more than Jeannie Buss. Mm-hmm. And she is a smart businesswoman. She is mm-hmm. a strong businesswoman. And for him to make that statement is just a slap in the face. True. Like I said, had he made it two years before when they really were quite a debacle under her brother, mm-hmm. I would have understood it a lot more. True. True. Yeah, you're right about yeah. that. You're right about that. I mean, and it seems that uh, Jeannie definitely has made it her her business to, you know, mm-hmm. be, you know, have, uh, you know, their, her, her players all be inclusive mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. in press and everything mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that, they, you know, the best players do get press. The, that's just the way it, it looks like. I mean, it's not just it's not just focused on you know uh, on on uh, the stars, but we're focused on all the players that have actually done you know put in their their work into this into this organization. So, I this mean, just shows you my take on this too. It just shows you like in sports, we always you know, I, I love our show because um, we talk about sports, but then we talk about the story behind the story, and it just shows you all the cattiness going on behind mm-hmm. the scenes, you know, and the jealousy because there's always something going on behind the scenes, like the backstory of it. There's always yeah. the rivalries. There's always rivalries. Yeah. I mean, we all know the Clippers and Lakers have been long yep. time, you know, yeah. well, it's, it's the long big long. brother, yeah. little brother scenario. You know yeah. all about that, uh, Xander. Yeah, of course. Uh, the UCLA. Of course. Yeah, there. of course. I, of course. And we don't want to bring that up ever, ever. <laughs> but ever. I think people need to remember <laughs> they have a very, people have a very odd view of the Lakers. They seem to forget that while Magic and Kareem were certainly the face of the franchise, some of the most popular players on that team were Worthy, Cooper, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. AC Green. Mm-hmm. They were the Max. role players and Max. they all got press. They all got, you yep. know, they were all big time stars. They, they were, were the loved. Dynasty. They were loved in this town. Mm-hmm. Well, and given everybody knew Kareem was the captain, Magic yep. was the star. But those guys were Mm -hmm. featured stars. Mm -hmm. They were Mm -hmm. big time in this town and nationally. Yeah, wasn't, can I add a name? Mm -hmm. This is to impress you guys. Wasn't Byron Scott another one? Absolutely, yeah. Another great, you know, great role player on that team. Another just solid, solid piece. Look at Lonnie. Look at Lonnie bringing it in. That That was beautiful. That bringing in that knowledge. (laughs) But let's take it a couple years later now. Now we have Shaq and Kobe, again, the duo that is the face of the franchise. But who were some of the most popular players on that team? Robert Ory, Derek Fisher, Mm -hmm. again, A.C. Green, who came back and played again for the Lakers at that point. Horace Mm -hmm. Grant, you know, Mm -hmm. all these great role players. They were featured. They were stars in their own right. They were acknowledged as huge contributors. They Mm -hmm. were honored by the fans and they were national names and you so got this, metal, metal world peace in there too yeah absolutely you know but again that's you people have this view that because we do tend to you know the lakers tend to end up with big time guys people tend to have this view that they're they're all it's about and that's never really been the case with our best teams never it's it's something that uh it's growth in my opinion, it's yeah. growth. 
And uh, I'm, I mean, for for Jerry West to go ahead and make these comments, yeah, Jeremy, you're right. It's very inappropriate. And uh, he's definitely getting a lot of crap for it. That's for damn sure. Uh, especially since he's getting sued right now. So, I mean, it's going to be... Uh, Johnny Wilkes is definitely uh, well, not happy with that situation. Not just getting sued, but this could actually be an even bigger problem for him and the Clippers in that it is illegal to go through an outside source for communications. Third-party communications between players and team management are illegal. So if he actually told this guy to arrange this meeting and help set up this trade or this signing and offered him money to do it, the league has already said they're going to be coming after them hard. They can be fined a very large amount of money. They can draft, could be fired. He could be fired. They could lose major draft picks. This is a very big deal if this ends up proven to be true. And it's always the Clippers, too. Like, Clippers have always been involved in, in like, negative press. Like, they can't, they can't get a championship, so the only other way to go ahead and get any type of attention is by making stupid things like this. Makes no I sense. Can't, I can't explain it. It makes no sense. It's like, it's like, you know, I mean, it's like, it's like USC, you know? <laughs> The only difference is that USC's actually, you know, beat us before. So, <laughs> we'll go there. Over and over and over. Yes, I know. I no, that. if we're going to talk about US, I'll tell you right now, because you and I have already spoken about this. They were lucky to be 5-0. and They've underperformed all year. Something is wrong with Keaton Slovis's arm. Yeah. Our quarterback is not throwing spirals. If the ball has to go more than 20 yards down the field it looks like a dying duck something's wrong with him his mechanics something is off he had a major uh, elbow surgery at the end of last year perhaps that's done something but this is a team that has again underperformed all year they needed three not even last two minute in the last 90 seconds they needed three comeback wins to stay five and oh this team very easily could have been two and three and the teams they almost lost to were arizona arizona state and ucla three very middle of the pack to lower teams they underperform with the talent level that team has with the recruiting they do it is my belief as i've said many times it is a coaching issue while clay helton is a wonderful man his players seem to love him he focuses on you know the schoolwork. he focuses he's got the graduation rates up he's a great coach along those lines but is he a great game day coach well our players come in unprepared they commit the most amount of penalties in the entire conference every year he coached us it's a problem it's a very big problem and then you throw on top of that what was an incredibly unfair situation and i'm not making excuses for them but the trojans played on sunday because they had their uh, game pushed back against ucla because of the COVID problem Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they didn't play on saturday they played on sunday then they have the championship game on friday so they're already playing on a very short week then on Monday, they go into practice, put into their put their game plan into practice for Washington. And that afternoon, they get a call from the Pac-12 saying, oh, yeah, Washington can't play because of COVID. You're playing Oregon. 
So now they have to put an entirely new game plan into place with only three, basically two and a half days of practice. True. It's it was a very unfair situation. Very. Yep. I honestly believe had they been playing Washington, they probably would have pulled out a close game. But again, this team was never as good as they appeared on paper. Mm-hmm. You, know, it, they, you know, they were one of the worst 5-0 and o teams I've ever seen. It just, you know what, though? But this year has just been rough on everybody. You know, it hasn't been the best year in sports at all. Excuse me. It hasn't been the spe- the best year in sports at all due to the current crisis. They've had to go ahead and reschedule, do so many reschedules. It's just so, it's been so chaotic. It's been so chaotic this year. I mean, you know, take, for example, let's go back to the NBA. They just won their championship and now they're, the NBA season already started. Like within weeks of them already ending uh, the season. I mean, it's just this year is just so wacky, so out of whack for so many sports. And we'll see what happens next year. But yeah, it's I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, the current crisis is an excuse to uh, to bad performance, but it definitely has a lot to do with it, in my opinion. I mean, am I wrong? No, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. I mean, we talked about this before the season started. That you know, without the usual amount of practice, without full spring camps, without all of that stuff, people were going to be rusty. People's games were not going to see the same progression from year to year that we usually see. And then on top of that, as you said, we've had rescheduling after rescheduling. We've had lineups constantly being changed because players are out for COVID protocol call you know entire entire position groups in both pro and college football are being juggled on a daily basis and this is a game where you need continuity you know you can plug one person in here or there but when three out of your four or five offensive linemen are out and you're rotating in an entirely new offensive line is it any wonder your quarterback got sacked six times Right. You know, this throws a lot of things, a lot of monkey wrenches into the gear. Yep. It's true. It's true. So we'll we'll go ahead and see. Hopefully next year things will start uh, getting somewhat back to normal. And if they do, uh, we might see some changes. Who knows? This might actually be a good learning experience for a lot of these teams to possibly even make some changes themselves and uh, maybe even uh, take some more. I would have to say, uh, look towards the future and put in place some new type of uh, training strategies, uh, you know, to to possibly avoid another year like this one. Well, I would also say financially, perhaps they should be looking forward a little more because I understand stadiums need upkeep, all these different things. But in the race to be constantly the most technologically advanced, I mean, teams are dropping, you know, millions of dollars on a new scoreboard. Okay, it shows Mm -hmm. the score. Okay, maybe keep that $100 million (laughs) to have your custom-made thing. How about you keep that in a reserve fund so if something like this happens, you can actually pay your people and you don't have to start laying off all your stadium workers and all these people who've been so loyal to you for so long. Wait a second. Wait a second. Are you telling me that scoreboards actually give 
course. Yeah, amazing, isn't it? Wow, what you know, a concept. There, there was a time when a man sat in the scoreboard and put little signs up to show you the score. Get and, and guess And guess what? The fans still knew the score. Stop it. Come on. You're lying. You're lying. I, I, no, I refuse a, to believe it. It's amazing, isn't it? It's, it's but, what a know, concept. I mean, it, it's things like that that <laughs> kind of infuriate me. You have these teams that are making... <laughs> tons of money and like i said i understand reinvesting in your business to keep it growing every business has to do that but when you're making this kind of money to turn around and literally say oh crap we have nothing all of you who've worked for this for the last 20 years have no job and no no benefits anymore and no nothing i, I that's kind of a problem for me yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I but I gotta I gotta agree with you. You know, I gotta agree with you in all those aspects. They really need to start looking towards the future financially. Practicality is another one that they need to start looking at more. I mean, it's it's one of those things where this entire year has been pretty much of a I would have to say a, a model for what not to do or for what yeah. to avoid or for what to improve on <laughs> if, God forbid, another situation like this would arise again in the future. So it's just it's definitely been a learning experience for the entire world, to be honest, this entire year. So we'll see what happens we'll see what kind of uh what kind of things uh, what kind of protocols they decide to start implementing for possible future issues like this again god forbid that this happens again but if it does hopefully they'll be more prepared for it next time coming up next we continue our top 10 uh countdown of most listened to podcast episodes for uh the 100 episodes we're still at 100 episodes as of today folks uh and uh the the one that's coming up next actually is uh coming in at number four is episode 76 with your friend jeremy mr Sean Kanan actually made uh, number four on that list. Love and Sean. Uh, Oh, no, he's a great guy. We're actually going to be having him again uh, starting in January. We're going to be uh, inviting him to come through again. He's got a couple things he wants to talk about. So uh, oh, he's always working on something, man. Oh, he totally is. He totally, he's got another really cool project that he's working on that uh, he wants to go ahead and chat about. And uh, we'll have him on here. And Jeremy, you, you get to talk to him, man. You, you get to chat with him a little bit. So that should be awesome. Sauce. You know, that's, that's a, that's his pal right here, Lonnie. That's his friend right here. Awesome you know, and I actually met Sean through Jeremy. Nicest guy in the world. I mean, you think from the Karate Kid 3, he'd be like intimidating. He'd be like a jerk or anything like that. Total opposite of his character. Nicest guy I've ever met. Uh, very, very intelligent. Incredibly intelligent. Very well-spoken. And, uh, you know, again, this this interview this interview made the top, the, the top 10. It's at number four. This portion of the interview, he talks a little bit about his vice in watching, in binge-watching uh, <laughs> uh, documentaries about psychos and stuff like that on, on, uh, on streaming platforms. So definitely check out that yeah. that uh, that interview coming up next right here on the Xander Effect. <laughs> the Xander Effect Top Ten Podcast of this year. Show number four. four.
things that we think are, you know, a world that we hopefully will never be in, with which we'll never be involved. You know, so that's why I think it's interesting to watch, you know, these, you know, the prison show. I mean, look, I'm not alone, obviously, because they're making documentaries yeah. by the dozens, and there's, you know, documentary shows, and there's cops, and all this stuff. It's it's just, it's, it's interesting. No, and you're right, man, because I actually, I actually watch on Netflix every, from time to time is uh, World's Most Dangerous Prisons. That show got me. That, that show got me. Yeah, that show got like me, man. I liked it better when they changed the host. They had one host, yeah. and they got the guy that was actually in prison for 12 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 No, I love that show. No, that show's that show. that insane. Like, I, I saw, I saw, I saw some of the episodes. I actually still have to finish watching the rest of them. But yeah, that one and Scared Straight is another one that that kind of uh, gets me too. Yeah. 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 I, I, I like Locked Up Abroad. I like that one. I haven't seen that one. I got to check that one out. Oh my God. So Locked Up Abroad is just basically like people that have smuggled stuff or gotten kidnapped or whatever. And they, they find themselves locked up in a foreign prison. It's it's crazy, and I have a really dear friend um, who wound up being put on death row in Pakistan. Oh my god! He was a 23 year old kid. Um, Long story short, anyway, uh, Nat Geo did a locked up abroad about him. He played him. He played himself. Oh my god! And um, did he survive? I mean, did he survive the death row? They told him. They said, "If you admit you're guilty, we'll let you out." I said, "Fuck you!" And he. I'm not, I'm not admitting it. Um, he basically had been smuggling leather for a guy. And then 9-11 happened, and they asked him to go to Pakistan. He was like, look, I don't think I want to do this. They're like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And you just made leather over there. This is a guy, mind you, just to preface this. He has never drank alcohol and never, never done drugs. So he gets over there, and it turns out, unbeknownst to him, hidden in his suitcase is opium. Oh so they give him the death penalty because he's an American. And uh, he winds up, and he's in there with all sorts of terrible terrorists and this and that. Um, but this guy's a bruiser, man. And, and you know, in the Pakistani jail, they're, they're kind of little guys. Yeah. They're like three little guys will kick your ass. But yeah. he was like just kicking ass and just tortured. Anyway, long story short, he learns Urdu, which is the, the Pakistani language. Uh-huh. He winds up, his mother, his mother's a casting director, and she. Uh, um, speaks to a senator, they intercede, he winds up getting out. Oh, so man. he winds up, he winds up catfishing this dude that sent him, pretending that he was a female. Uh, and yeah. uh, he gets the guy to like meet him at Denny's under the pretense that the girl is going to meet him and he sees him in the parking lot and just beats the living shit out of him as he should have. Is that Jeremy is actually a former actor. He was on a very incredibly popular show back in the 80s called Growing Pains. He played the little brother Ben Seaver on the show. He also did the voice of Linus in the Peanuts gang. And before Jeremy, I had you on the show to talk about sports. This time I actually have you on the show because I want to talk about you, about Jeremy Miller, the actor, and everything you've done. Um, you know, we've, we've had uh, interviews in the past before, but never on the Xander Effect. 
this is the first time that you come on the show to actually be interviewed as an actor. And I got to tell you, it's, it's, it's one of the lowest points of my life, but I'll take it. It's rather, (laughs) it's rather underwhelming, isn't it? (laughs) Absolutely not, man. Guys, I got to tell you, Jeremy is not only uh, one of my best friends. He's like a brother to me. He's like family. um, And one of the greatest guys that you'll ever meet. Uh, So definitely if you ever see him on the street, you know, go ahead and tackle him for an autograph because he's really cool like that. But, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. You know, um, but aside from that, uh, I got to tell you, Jeremy, you know, your experience in Growing Pains was incredible. I mean, you were there since what, since what, you were eight years old, something like that? Yeah, uh, we filmed for seven years, so it was eight years old to 15. So at that point, wow. it was quite literally half my life. Well, I got to ask you, before we get into that, uh, before we get into how you got uh, started there, and this might be a brief uh, description of how you got into acting to begin with, because, I mean, at eight years old, there's not much that you had before, you know, acting. You kind of started at a very young age. But how did you get started into acting? How did you get involved in that? Well, actually, let me correct you there. I did start well before that. I actually started at five. Oh, okay. Uh, That's when I began. Uh, It was really kind of random. I, my mom put me in singing classes Mm -hmm. and I always loved to sing as a kid. And there was this little place out where we lived or near where we lived called Mickey Rooney's Talent Town. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mickey Rooney had set up these little talent studios for kids to be able to go and learn dance and singing and acting and pretty much any sort of entertainment, you know, art that they wanted. And even got to meet Mickey a couple times before he passed. It was really, really awesome. Nice. And, uh, you know, one of the, one of the teachers there, one of the voice teachers whose kids were already auditioning and were doing, you know, a lot of voice work just kind of mentioned to my mom. She was like, have you ever thought about putting this kid on TV? He never shuts up. He's kind of got the personality for it. So (laughs) nice. You know, mom had never thought about it. There was nobody in my family that we knew of at the time that was ever in the entertainment business. Hi everyone, welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host Xander Dames. It is Saturday, March 2nd, 2019 and here are some headlines in case you haven't heard them. Well... The Jordan Woods, Tristan Thompson, Khloe Kardashian feud has come to rest because after yesterday's Red Table Talk, Jordan pretty much poured her heart out and saying that she was pretty much in the wrong place, wrong time type of situation where she shouldn't have been. And to be honest with you, she's young. She's got a lot to learn about life. And this is one of the harsh realities and one of the harsh lessons that she had to learn. Chloe at the time uh, tweeted saying that she was lying and that she was a homewrecker for what she did. But what a difference a day makes because looks like Chloe is now shifting the blame over to uh Tristan and basically saying that it wasn't uh, Jordan's fault is actually Tristan's fault, which is funny because earlier today I had seen uh, a post on Instagram with a with a uh, with a, with Jordan's name and a heart at the end of it and many people supporting her for being young and naive. But then I thought about it and I was like, you know what? Could it be that maybe Chloe is 
seeking to blame somebody. You know, she's seeking to blame somebody because of her own naivety uh, for accepting Tristan back into her home. And I, I believe she did it probably because they have a kid. More than likely it was because they have a kid. And, or she genuinely also loves him as well. Hey guys, this is Sean Kanan. You might remember me as Mike Barnes from the Karate Kid 3. If you don't, I don't care. That means your karate's a joke. Anyway, I just want to congratulate the Xander Effect on its 100th episode. Outstanding. Congratulations, guys. Let's get crazy. Happy 100th episode from Mental Health Therapist Raquel Buchanan. Somewhere in this dark 
What's your favorite gangster dude, Brown? Checking in with my brother, Big Xander. You already know I'm ripping that 305, that MIA, yo, that Dade County all the way on the West Coast. Let's get it, my brother. We dumb lit. Look, I was going to go easy on you, not to hurt your feelings. But I'm only going to get this one chance. Something's wrong. I can feel it. It's just the feeling I've got. Like something's about to happen. But I don't know what. If that means what I think it means, we're in trouble. Big trouble. And if he is bananas, as you say, I'm not taking any chances. You're just what the doc I'm beginning to feel like a rap god. Rap god. All my people from the front to the back. Nah, back, nah. Now, who thinks that arms are long enough to slap box? Slap box. They said I rap like a robot, so call me rap box. But for me to rap like a computer must be in my jeans. I got a laptop in my back pocket. My pinnacle walk when I hack cock it. Got a fat nap from that rap profit. Made a living in a killing office. Ever since Bill Clinton was filling office with Monica Lewinsky filling on his sack. I'm an MC, still as honest, but as rude and as indecent as all hell. Syllables, kill a holic, kill them all. This liberty, gibbity, hibbity, hip hop. You really want to get into a piss and match with this rapidity rap hack and the Mac in the back of the yak, back, pack, rap, rap, yap, 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 kitty yak, nap. The exact same time I attempt these lyrical acrobats stunts while I'm practicing that. I'll still be able to break them off of them table over the back of a couple of things. I have to crack it and hack. Only realized it was ironic. I was under aftermath after the fact. How could I not blow? All I do is drop F bombs. Feel my wrath of attack. Rappers are having a rough time, period. Here's a maxi pad. It's actually disastrously bad. For the whack, for the masterfully constructing this masterpiece. I'm beginning to feel like a rap god. Rap god. All my people from the front to the back. Nah, back, nah. Now, who thinks that arms are long enough to slap box? Slap box. Let me show you maintaining this shit. Ain't that hard? That hard. Everybody wants the key and the secret to rap immortality like I have got. Will there be truth for the blueprint? Simply rage and youthful exuberance. Everybody loves to root for a nuisance. Hit the earth like an asteroid, did nothing but shoot for the moon since. MCs get taken to school with this music Cause I use it as a vehicle to bust the rhyme Y'all lead a new school for a student Me, I'm a product of Rakim Rakim, Sebastian, Rakim W-A-Q-K dot ring Y'all are easy, thank you They got slim Inspired enough to untake Grow up, blow up And be in a position To meet Run DMC And induct them into the motherfucking Rakim Roll Hall of Fame Even though I walk in the church And burst in a ball of flames Only Hall of Fame I'll be inducted in Is the alcohol of fame On the wall of shame You can't think it's all a game Till I walk a flock of flames Off of planking, tell me what in the f are you thinking? Little green looking boy, so gay. I can barely say it with a straight face looking boy. You witness in a massacre like you're watching a church gathering take place looking boy. Boy, they that boy's gay, that's all they say looking boy. You get a thumbs up, pat on the back, and a way to go from your label every day looking boy. Hey looking boy, what you say looking boy? I get a hell yeah from Trey looking boy. I'm a work for everything I have, never ask nobody for get out my face looking boy. Basically boy, you're never gonna be capable of keeping up with the same pace looking boy. Cause I'm beginning to feel like a rap god, rap god. All my people from the front to the back, nah, back, nah. The way I'm racing around the track, call me NASCAR, NASCAR. They're in heart of the trailer park, the white trash god. Kneel before generals are, this plan is crazy. No Asgard, Asgard So you be Thor I'll be Odin Be voting, I'm omnipotent Let off, then I'm reloading Immediately with these bombs I'm toting And I should not be woken I'm the walking dead But I'm just a talking head A zombie floating But I got your mom deep I'm out my ramen noodle We have nothing in common, poodle I'm a Doberman Pinch yourself in the arm And pay homage, pupil It's me My honesty's brutal, but it's honestly futile If I don't utilize what I do, though, for good at least once in a while So I wanna make sure somewhere in the chicken scratch I scribble and doodle enough rhymes to Maybe try to help get some people through tough times But I gotta keep a few punchlines just in case Cause even you unsigned rappers are hungry Looking at me like it's lunchtime I know there was a time where once I was king of the underground But I still rap like I'm on my pharaoh munch grind So I crunch rhymes, but sometimes when you combine Up here with the skin color of mine You get too big and here it comes trying to censor you like that one line I said on oh, no, a back. From the Mathers LP1 when I tried to 
out, take seven, get from Columbine. Put them all in a line, at an eight, ass, you don't get spending over and unlined. See if I get away with it now that I ain't as big as I was, but I'm morphing into an immortal, coming through the portal. You're stuck in a time warp from 2004, though, and I don't know what the fuck that you mind for. Your point, this is Rapunzel with fucking cornrows. You like normal of being normal. And I just bought a new ray gun from the future just to come and shoot you like when Fabulous made Ray J mad. His pad said he looked like a gag, and they were just passing into a man while he played piano. Man, oh man, that was a 24-7 special on the cable channel. So Ray J went straight to the radio station the very next day. Hey, Fab, I'ma kill you. Lyrics Coming at you with supersonic speed. Ah, summer lama, doom lama, you assume I'm a human. What I gotta do to get it through to you? I'm superhuman, innovative, and I made a rubber. So that anything you say is ficus shaking off of me and it'll glue you and devastating more than ever. Demonstrating how to give a mic off of the audience. I feel the niggas levitating, never fading. And I know the haters are forever waiting for the day that they can say I fell off. They'll be celebrating because I know the way to get them motivated. I make elevating music. You make elevator music. Oh, he's too mainstream. Well, that's what they do when they get jealous. They confuse it. It's not hip hop, it's pop. Because I found a hell of a way to fuse it. With rock, shock rap, with dot. Don't lose yourself, I make a music. I don't know how to make songs like that. I don't know what words to use. Let me know when it occurs to you while I'm ripping any one of these verses. The verses you it's curtains, I'm inadvertently hurting you. How many verses I got a murder to prove that if you were half as nice as songs, you could sacrifice virgins to? Ah, uh! school flunky, pill junkie, but look at the accolades. These skills brung me, full of myself, but still hungry. I bully myself 'cause I make me do what I put my mind to when I'm a million leagues above you. Ill when I speak in tongues, but it's still tongue in cheek. Off you, I'm drunk. So Satan, take the fucking wheel. I'm all sleep in the front, pumping heavy. In the voice, still chunky but funky. But in my head, there's something I can feel tugging and struggling. Angels fight with devils, and here's what they want from me. They're asking me to eliminate some of the women hate, but if you take into consideration the bitter hate that I have, then you may be a little patient and more sympathetic to the situation and understand the discrimination. But fuck it, life's handing you lemons, make lemonade then. But if I can't battle the women, how the fuck am I supposed to bake them a cake then? No mistake, it's a shame. It's a fatal mistake if you think I need to be overseas and take a vacation to trip abroad and make up fall on a face and don't be a retard, be a king. Think not. Why be a king when you can be a god? Hey guys, this is Ian Darren. Hey, this is Annalise Hoveda. Hey yo, this is Nightmare from Dirty Machine. Hi, this is Cambry Lovesey. Hey, this is Stuffley. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening to the Xander Effect. Cause I tried to kiss ya You're an Ozanic to see me with ya oh. But it suddenly ended It went cold and you took some distance My emotions just went up and down In a whirlwind Anxiety, tears, broken dreams And obsession How I like you and see you And love hasn't changed oh. But the one thing that's dead Isn't ready for you I've become the man you want Team. 
Garen's chapter two right here on the Xander effect. And uh, before we uh, move on to video game news again, wanted to thank all the, the guests that have come on here and uh, you know, gave us congratulations on the hundred episodes. want to thank each and every single one of you for sending those, uh, those congrats uh, to us. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having many of you back on the Xander effect, uh, you know, this coming, this coming 2021. So, uh, you know, again, thanks to all of you who, who, uh, who sent in, sent in those thanks, major, major thanks to all of you, major love to all of you from all of us here at the Xander effect, uh, in video game news. Looks like Cyberpunk is uh, gone from the the PlayStation Store for the time being, and it has a lot to do with technical issues involving both physical and digital copies of the game. Uh, Cyberpunk went ahead and uh, posted a statement for all PlayStation users on Twitter, and it reads, quote, following our discussion with PlayStation, a decision was made to temporarily suspend digital distribution of Cyberpunk 2077 on PlayStation. PlayStation Store. You can still buy physical versions of the game in brick and mortar stores and online. All purchased digital and physical copies of the game will continue to receive support and updates as we continue to to improve your experience. According to our knowledge, starting today, everyone who is not willing to wait for updates and wants to the wants to refund their digital copy of the game can do so by submitting a request at uh, www.playstation.com forward slash cyberpunk 
2077-refunds forward slash. We are working hard to bring Cyberpunk 2077 back to the PlayStation Store as soon as possible. So looks like they're offering refunds. It, not a good start. I mean, Cyberpunk was already having issues with continuously, uh, you know, uh, changing their their release date, and now looks like we can see why it's been having issues. The game itself, I started playing. Here's my review on it. Uh, to be honest, I would have to so far i would have to give it a a five out of ten rating right now uh the game is very complex uh it's very very the the storyline line drags a little bit it kind of reminds me of metal gear solid uh the the game came out last year it's the story was just so long and it was like oh my god this this doesn't end there's a lot of dialogue in it um the best way I could describe it, it's a mix between between Batman, because it's a WB game. It's a mix between Batman. It's a mix between uh, 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 Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone. Uh, and it's a mix between Hitman. It's got a bunch of different mixes in there that they, and of course, you know, it's a mix between Grand Theft Auto as well, well because of uh, because of the, the, the maps and everything. But the reason I'm saying that is because, take for example, weapons you grab a weapon from a random from a random player or from a random person that you just killed or whatever you take the weapon you have to upgrade the weapon and that's a, that's a little bit confusing because you, you're so focused on upgrading your own persona because you have upgrades for your own character as well you know with uh, upgraded visuals upgraded strengths upgraded it's oh by the way it's also a mix between Assassin's Creed as well where you have to upgrade you know your 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 assassins your assassins abilities and stuff like that they also have that on this too there's just so much that they crammed into this game and they didn't make it simple at all they make it they make it very complex in my opinion and it's just too much too much for one player to go ahead and play so much to the point where it's like oh my god there's a lot to do and there's just it's just a lot. It's just too much in my opinion. So for me, it gets a five out of five, maybe a five and a half out of five. Cause it's still a pretty entertaining game. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to take away that, but it's just too much to do, to be honest. I mean, uh, it's a tough one, Jeremy. It's really a tough one. You're not, you're going to play it and you're going to be like, why am I playing this? <laughs> well, like I said, I haven't played it yet. <laughs> Uh, it's disappointing to hear. And before I get up on my soapbox, let's address the the gameplay stuff. It sounds to me, and like I said, I haven't played it. But from what you described, man, it sounds to me like they didn't know which way they wanted to go, what direction they wanted to go with the game, and they just kept trying to fit more and more in. And that's not usually a good thing, you know. Um, games are trying to capture so much realism now that they take away a lot of the immersion and um, escapism of the story and the 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 world you're trying to involve yourself in um, so from a story point and everything else that just that kind of sucks that uh, definitely disappoints me given how long we waited for this game now that leading into me getting up on my soapbox here we are again <laughs> Years and years of delays on this game. 
and they still release it all bugged out. Yeah. <laughs> <True>. Okay, <laughs> you are a company that has how much money and you can't release a game that works. Instead, you take your customers money now given thankfully they're at least giving money back this time but they're taking you taking your customers money for a product that you know is defective yep that is a major problem you know me this is the thing i preach about all the time when we talk about this yep. it absolutely infuriates me mm-hmm. that they release these broken games True. you've had years of the top devs working on this how do you not have it right? How do you screw it up? How do you screw it up <laughs> when you when you literally took four or five years longer than you were supposed to? Yeah. How could you not get it right in that amount of time? Yeah. And and seriously, it seems like they're all afraid of pairing back. It's like, why is it not okay to say, "Oh shit, this isn't working. Maybe we'll have to take this out." True. It's 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 dude. It's it's. <laughs> so hurtful to watch <laughs> it's so painful i'm not even gonna joke like it's i mean i've heard so many things about this game i was looking forward to it since last year and now that i play it i'm like why did i just spend 60 bucks on this game why like this game is just it's just too much it's too much i mean it's like i I already have a lot of other games that i'm playing right now i'm playing assassin's creed valhalla which had just finished the story the storyline but there's still so much to do on that map um you know, Grand Theft Auto just came out with the Cayo Perico heist, which, by the way, freaking awesome heist. Really, really cool. Uh, Want to give, give a quick review on that one. You get a submarine that you own. You can actually you can actually move the submarine anywhere you want. You could drive the submarine. And one of my buddies actually beached the submarine. <laughs> the thing is ginormous. The thing is like, it's huge. And it's it's just so like it's oh my god it's it's such a cool little game that they put in there. Uh, they added another submarine vehicle. Uh, the submarine itself has two uh, two vehicle spaces. One for your uh, it's called it's called the Kraken. Uh, it's a mini sub within the big submarine that you could actually take out. Uh, they also have a car space for your car submarine, the, the vehicle that turns into a submarine. Uh, and they have a helicopter inside there too. They have a helicopter bay as well that pretty much you could. Uh, it's got a really cool little uh, cutscene where you get into the helicopter and if your submarine is is uh is um is uh on top uh you know on the surface you could actually uh bring the helicopter out it takes the it, it raises the helicopter out uh so you could drive it it's a really cool little uh little uh that one actually i gotta give it to rockstar they did a really cool job with that new heist uh i gotta give it i gotta give it about about an eight out of ten on that one because there's still other things in that heist that uh that kind of confused people that weren't really explained uh when i first did the heist there was a point where we were trying to get into uh this uh this big uh um 
this big, I guess, uh, 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 complex or whatever compound, actually, I should say this big compound to go ahead and steal documents. And you also get to go ahead and steal gold, cash, artwork, a bunch of drugs. Like you get to steal a bunch of stuff. But when we got there, we couldn't get in. We were trying to figure out so many ways to get in. We're like, okay, we can't get in here. We can't get in here. What's going on? It turns out that we all had to be grouped together in order to be able to enter the compound to begin with. And it took us a while to figure that out <laughs> so we finally figured it out i was like well maybe we have to go back to the airfield and cut power or something like that maybe that's it so one of us went back to the airfield all the way back had to travel come all the way back down again it was painful <laughs> like it wasn't explained on how to get in there we had to figure it out for ourselves so that was kind of a pain in the ass you some challenge yeah it was, it was still kind of a pain in the ass though because i'm like dude how do we get into this freaking place you know we were all like what the hell so <laughs> you live you learn you figure it out and it was a really really cool uh really cool little uh kyoperico heist i gotta get up to rockstar you did a great job with that really entertaining uh to go ahead and play that and the submarines if you're in a if you're in a public lobby, you could actually sink each other's submarines. You could actually have a submarine war, and it's got uh, it's got torpedoes, it's got aerial assaults. It even has a guided missile that you guide yourself when you let it go. You can actually like tr- the missile could travel all over the city, and if there's like a player that you don't like or that's been bugging you, you can actually guide the missile towards that player and kill them. <laughs> it's actually really fun. Um, or you can mess with your friends, and if they're flying around in a helicopter, you can just go ahead and guide the missile to them and just mess up their plans. It's, again, a really fun little little thing that they got going on for, for that submarine. A lot of fun things to do with that submarine. So You're a sick individual. I, I am. I, I really just, this whole submarine thing just reminds me of, like... Uh, childhood stuff. We're seeing like my brothers play with this kind of stuff, guys. Sorry. <laughs> wow, Lonnie, that hurts my feelings a little bit. I'm <laughs> over here. You know what? I'm a kid at heart. Okay, I don't care. I don't. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just that, like, my mind again. You want to know where my mind went this last time? Uh-huh. I love you. I love you in Lonnie's mind. It's great. Okay, so we've got the snow, and back in the day, I'm like in in the neighborhood where, as a kid, I had the most awesome sleigh than anyone so I was just thinking because there's this hay hill because Pittsburgh is really hilly that we named as kids uh, 007 nice. <laughs> nice. because it's just the the you know because of you you go down it's like like three like three humps you know on the hillside so I was just like I was thinking the other day I was like dang it would be really cool to get a sleigh my cousin's like you're crazy you know we're not kids we'll hurt ourselves and I was like but I want to get on one let's go buy one and go ride down these hills so that's what I was thinking of (laughs) very nice Lonnie very nice. <laughs> Thank you for that. We sound all small over here. Come on. Anyways, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's that's basically what's uh, going on for uh, Lonnie's mind and for uh, GTA Five. Definitely go check out that uh, new update, the Kyle Perico heist. And if you want, go ahead and check out uh, Cyberpunk at your own risk. That's up to you. Again, not not the best uh, rating for that one, but. Uh, Uh, Coming up next is our number one, number one, no, 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 
episode of the top 10 100 most listened to episodes of the Xander Effect. This one is actually episode 38. And this is an interview that I had with two incredible artists, both in music and actual art. Uh, they combined the two together. Uh, this interview was with Ativa Mile and with Ali Yo. Uh, both are very talented individuals, uh, musically, artistically, incredible interview. That's coming up next right here on The Xander Effect. collaborations that both of you have going on right now you're mixing art with music yeah yeah i'm gonna let allison share a little bit about that all right let's go ahead let me let let us know what's what this collaboration is all about um actually it's um it started with uh tiva mile she is a christian contemporary pop artist and then she started to, we want to share on the concert and then we want to make it more interesting at first. It was really spontaneous. It was a great experience. And then I just have the um, idea how about let's start it with uh, abstract art, like acrylic and we do splash and then somehow audiences, they really like it. And because in Europe, it has been many years that people would do like live painting there. Mm-hmm. And also in, uh, I think in also Christian um music people trying to do the so-called prophetic art so we try to apply that also in our concert yeah okay so uh, yeah. so pretty much you're you're uh you're combining the two and i've heard of these types of combinations before like in what in the in the turn of the century they were doing these types of collaborations where an artist would paint and another person would either be playing music uh right, an instrument yes. or something in the background while they were painting and creating a masterpiece so you are both trying to go ahead and bring something like that back to the audience <laughs> We're bringing, yeah, we're definitely bringing it back to the audience and something we've realized with the Taiwanese audiences, they're creative people. Mm -hmm. There's um, people that are into art in different ways. So for us to bring live music, live painting, we're um, building a bigger audience, but also we're just expressing their creativity that's already there. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, just showing people that you can do that. You can do, it doesn't have to be one or the other. And like Allison said, it's so spontaneous that every, every day there's different music going on and the message is different. So at the end to have, um, a work of art that expresses whatever, what was going on during that time just brings a great surprise to it all. Yeah. Diva Mile over here. Just want to take the opportunity to thank everyone for being supportive and listening to the Zender Effect episodes. It's so awesome that 
we have reached 100 interviews, 100 episodes. And guess what? You made us the number one most listened interview. So we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Zender Effect. And um, it's so cool because when we decided to release live music, live painting concerts, we just want people to be comforted and have hope, especially during the pandemic of who they are, why they were created, and just to go back to the origin. So it's so cool that it brought this impact. Speaking of that, this end of the year, actually, we are doing our biggest concert in Taiwan. Um, It's going to be also live painting, live music, and tickets are all sold out. But the good news, we can also do live streaming. So if you want to know more about it, please go to Tivamile Official or you can go on my Facebook Tivamile um, to know more information about how to listen to the live stream concert. December 27th, 2020 from 7.30 to 9 p.m. And guys, if you want to know where to watch the live stream of Back to the Origin concert, just go to the Acupass link on my Instagram, Divamile Official, or on Facebook, Divamile. Hope to look, see you over there. Thanks again. Be super blessed. Congratulations, Tima Mila and Alio for being uh, the number one most listened to episode of The Xander Effect. 100 episodes, folks. I also wanted to give my friend Angela Chornega Chorney a happy belated birthday. I hope you had a wonderful birthday. That's the news. In case you haven't heard it, thank you again so much for allowing us to get to 100 episodes again. Couldn't have been possible without so many people's support. So many of you out there listening to us. Thank you so, so much. Wanted to also give a major shout out to Twism White Piece for his help in also uh, getting some sounds, some awesome sounds here for us and creating the top 10, uh, you know, uh, drops for all of us here to enjoy. Thank you so much, Twism White Piece, for that and for your awesome music. Keep it coming, brother. Wanted to go ahead and also thank my my uh, co-host, Mr. Jeremy Miller. Jeremy, thanks again for joining us here and for being a part of this 100 episode. Absolutely, brother. Here's to another 100. Yeah. Here's hoping, here's hoping. And as well to you, Miss Lonnie Rivera, thank you so much for also being a part of this 100 episode. Couldn't have done it, it is, either It is indeed an honor and pleasure to join my two favorite fr- fellas to do this 100th episode. Woo-hoo! 100. Nice. <laughs> right, right. And I wanted to go ahead and also, uh, you know, wish both of you and everyone else out there happy holidays, happy, you know, ending of 2020. Many blessings for 2021. This is the fi- the the winter season finale of the Xander Effect. I wish all of you, uh, again, happy holidays, 
happy new year. Hopefully all of you spend it well. Hopefully all of you spend it safely. Right. I mean, it's it's a tough time right now for all of us, but the, the spirit of the holiday season is in fact there. And I just, you know, I, I wish everybody, you know, happy holidays. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully all of you will remain safe. Remember, there is a pandemic. Numbers are spiking, unfortunately. Please, please be safe. Please be around for your loved ones next year, you know, to make sure that you partake in the holiday season again next year with your loved ones. Remember that this is, this. you know, we're still in this together. Wear your masks. Wear your gloves if you got them. Goggles if you got them. Please, please be safe. Practice basic hygiene. You know, practice it all. We leave you now. The Xander Effect 100th episode with Bing Crosby's White Christmas. Again, happy holidays. And remember, music always, always heals all. We'll see you next year, 2021.
The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, and Bertelsmann, in association with Art19 Media.